You're listening to Rooster Teeth Podcast number 564. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit first.roosterteeth.com. Does hey, anyone want to buy 15 navy blue polo shirts? Welcome to the Rooster Teeth Podcast. This <laughs> week brought to you by Hymns, Magic the Gathering Arena, and Dave. I'm Gus. The dude, man. I'm Jeff. I'm did I do it, right, Gus? And I'm Gus. Good, you did it. Thank you. I, I, I was getting shit. Here's why Gus never wants to mess up the down. intros because it's his one joke. Because he, he gets the end, Gus. It's my one end. joke. That's, so that's, that's, running joke. that's the way you get it. You just keep repeating it over and over. And then you get there. When I don't do it, people get mad. They're like, why didn't Gus say it? Is it your. Oh, you yeah, that's mad. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> like, they, you, you don't want to deal with the heat I get when I don't introduce myself twice. It's nonstop. <laughs> He almost got canceled last time. <laughs> so it was a big problem. Also, it is though you can imagine how frustrating it is when people come on here who are performers five days a week at this company. They come on here. There's an intro, and it's usually this seat, the third seat. The person just doesn't know what to do when it gets to them. It's like couldn't figure it out. Couldn't like just from really? context figure it out. Yeah, that's why right before we went, I was like, just a reminder: this, 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 this. He briefed everybody. Yeah, gotta gotta get gotta get mm-hmm. it done. We have we have a system. Talking about being so, professional, I had my laptop. I, Sound on. So I I felt really bad for a second the other day. <laughs> really? I I, uh, I I was laughing at a kid who was crying at Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> Why was he crying? <laughs> so uh, like I, I I ran into this kid uh, a few times while, while I was there. <laughs> Punched Maybe that's why I was crying. He was uh him and his brother were just being like little fucking dicks. You know that those 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 stairs that the Home Depot employees use to like they move them around. They got the signs yeah. all over it. It's like employees only. They were climbing up the stairs and then seeing who could jump off the tallest step. <laughs> That's great kids. That's guys not awesome. They're making their own floor. I'm, I'm trying to like walk by them and they're like they're getting in my way and like stopping and just staring at me and not moving. I'm like because they know they're in trouble. They think yeah, you're an employee. Like, get the you're fuck an adult. Out of my way. I don't, I don't care. Anyway, I was like I was I was fed up with these kids. I kept running into them. They kept being little dicks. I go to check out and I can hear one of them kind of yelling. I'm like, thank God I'm checking out. I'm going to be done. I don't have to run into him. I go to leave. And as I'm leaving, one of the kids like kind of pushes by me, like tears streaming down his face. And he's looking around yelling, dad. <laughs> and I was like, seriously, right, little dick. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's you, crying. He's probably, like, he's probably like 10. You should have been like, are you looking for your dad? I saw him leave like 10 minutes ago. Mm. <laughs> oh, that guy about this big, like <laughs> bald. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's gone. You should have just he said, said you're mine now. Yeah, exactly. In the back of the truck. Should have shown him your receipt from Home Depot real quick. Say, oh, your dad sold you to me. <laughs> you're my child now. Get in the car. Because then you go to jail for that joke, right? The yeah, guy comes probably. back and beats the shit out of you. Yeah, well. What are you, what are you doing at Home Depot? What was I doing? Oh, like, goddamn. Were you was, buying like ratchets? There or? was a, there was a, I have a, this fucking soaker hose that has a hole in it. Okay, gardening. Okay, this makes and, sense. And uh, I don't know, fucking possum chew to hold in it or something. And I tried putting like flex tape. Hoses. You know, there's oh, a, a hole in your soaker hose. That would be <laughs> detrimental. It's like high pressure. It's okay. like not, not, it's too big. So I tried, I was like, you know, see those stupid flex tape commercials, right? Flex tape. They can, it's waterproof, whatever. Yeah. Trying to fix it with flex tape didn't fucking work. So I had Did flex you get tape. Flex tape? Here's your problem flex tape is for bigger projects. If you needed to put a yeah. boat back together, flex tape's could, what you need. I could, I could. A hose? Yeah. Plus, it doesn't fuck so I had to get that. like some of that spray shit, that like uh, that spray adhesive stuff, and I just that's why I was there for. I was also, for that. don't want to open up a can of worms, but you know, Home Depot, it's a little trumpy. <laughs> is it? They're very yeah, yeah. super trumpy. I didn't. I, I, I've switched to Lowe's. Oh, Lowe's is so. But how do you know? It's, it's the worst. They were. They were the worst. What endorsement? I switched oh, to Lowe's. Dude, it's the worst. It, no, it really <laughs> sucks. Like I, it's like you go to Lowe's. 
and then you uh, you go to Lowe's to shop, and then you leave and go to Home Depot to get the three things they didn't have. They used to have yeah. something. Yeah, it's really true. I always thought it was funny. Like, you know, every, like, all these stores have slogans, right? Like, I remember for a long time, Home Depot's was, you can build it, we can help. Lowe's was, let's build something together. And McCoy's, which is, like, another mm-hmm. hardware store, was, Go build something. Yeah, <laughs> like I love how different the attitude is. Like, go hey, yourself. <laughs> quit loitering. Go build something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the first two are like, let's do something together. The third yeah. was like, yeah, get the fuck out. <laughs> now, actually, go build yourself, asshole. I thought we were ta- we were talking about this with Jason the other day. I think, but I've been trying to support local hardware stores. So I've been going to Breed and Company because it's pretty close to my house. No shit, they've been around forever. Yeah, I used to, I used to be they, the, the closest Marcus was, hardware store. Marcus was telling me that's how he got into the entertainment industry. So he worked there, yep. and a lot of people in the industry would go there and ask for weird shit. And I think it was a DP or maybe it was an art department guy. Director of photography, yeah, not the other kind of no. DP. <laughs> different film world. But uh, came in and, 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 uh, and met Marcus. It was like, this is a cool dude. That's, and hired him. That's where no that... So, but that, that would not have happened in Home who, Depot. Who was it that hired him? Like, this Steve is a part of the story I'm kind of fuzzy on because yeah. of... Uh, because the DP thing, the time of the evening. That uh, that that's also where that that UT yeah. student went to go buy all the hardware to commit that murder. Like where he and well, his okay, he his girl girl chopped up the other girl. Yeah, that was the first thing I said to Jason. We were had dinner with Jason Saldana <laughs> yeah. last week, and uh, I said we were talking about Home Depot and and like Lowe's and. And like we, we talked about like you know uh, shopping where your political uh, I guess interests lie mm. or not, and uh, I mentioned that I'd been going to breeding company, and Jason just goes, "Oh, that's where the dude bought the stuff to, to cut up the woman. Yeah, that's where he bought the saws and stuff." <laughs> okay, okay. If you and like, not Jay- a reason you know, not to go. Jason, that's not their slogan. Yeah. <laughs> go build it. Get the fuck out of here and build it. Take apart your ex girlfriend in a bathtub. Mur- murder kits here. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, that's right, Eric. Jason's good at three things: like weird Austin history, making cute kids. Yeah, makes cute kids, uh, adorable kids, and then knowing every single thing about Travis County real estate. Like yeah, literally say. anything. Like when I was looking for a house, I was. He's like, I heard you looking for a house. I go, yeah. And he goes, this just came on the market. This just came on the market. I was like, do you just do this all day? He does. Like just he look found- at listings. He found us an office once. He did. He found my like the house that I lived in before my new house, the one that I lived in with Griffin. Uh, that you know they still live in. He's he's the one that told me about the listing. Is it really? He's like, this this house true? just went for sale today. And then I when I bought the new house, he already knew what it was. I was like, yeah, I yeah. bought a house over in this area. That's and he what goes, I did. He goes, oh, I know where that one is. I bet it's this one. And I was like, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. He knew my house when I said I moved into a new place. He goes, yeah. where? I said this place and this place. And he goes, oh, is it this one? I go, yes, that's it. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, it's like he's just up to date on everything. He, he knows all the all the houses that are for sale in Austin, and he knows all the used cars that are for sale in, in Austin as well. Oh, is that true? Like classic cars? And stuff? cars. Yeah, he uh, he he. He's, I don't know. He always looks at Craigslist used cars or something. You're mm. like, oh yeah, I like this kind of car. It's like, oh, here's five that are for sale right now in Austin. When we moved to this studio, uh, there's a path to get here that goes by this kind of classic car dealership. And I think about you two guys every time I drive past that thing. Is it the one? It's like once a week. Because of their it's dumb like, old trucks? Yeah. Yeah, because, well, not because they're dumb old trucks. They, him was always, he wanted a classic El Camino. That's what he wanted. 59. And Jeff, Jeff wanted a classic Bronco. Still like, do. <laughs> that was the big dream, going to make it someday. Still going to get that Bronco. Just as soon as I pay off the more important shit. Well, I do remember, too. <laughs> He went out, he went shopping for a Bronco and literally bought a Mustang yeah. that day. Because it was for sale. Or you just like, you're <laughs> like, like horse, I looked and it was too hard. Cars. I couldn't find one, so I just bought this guy. One day, was it a, one day, it was his big dream. He, he stuck it with it for 65. one day. Was it 66 or 65? 65. Mm. 
You want to you no, say 66. hi with that baby? Yeah. I thought Ashley? it was a 66. You're right. It was a black 66 Mustang. Could it have yeah. been any vehicle named after a horse? Yes, probably at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. He looked you at a Pinto. Okay. It was awesome. Your trucks were terrible, though. That was like, what, 2004? Four, yeah. I needed a car. I needed the cheapest car I could. It's when I moved back from Puerto Rico. You guys Rico. Were like, first paycheck, you guys. No, <laughs> I need. I needed the cheapest car I could to drive to fucking Buda to work. Get the fuck out of here. So Does you bought this... a 1960 Chevy? I That's bought a 64 just... Chevy for $3,000. And That's... it was beautiful to drive by every day on the side of the interstate. <laughs> At least I didn't fucking replace the engine and let it rot in my driveway, asshole. You ever, we were talking about that, I you fucking piece of thing. shit? You didn't. And you let it. You The engine died. You replaced it. And then you didn't. You never drove it again. It fucking sat in your driveway and rot. Rotted. It didn't rot. It still worked. It rotted. The guy drove it away when he bought it. The fucking thing was no. I refuse to believe that. I believe the rotting part because you remember I like went through the trouble. You guys were coming over on such a regular basis, and my driveway hit uh, that house in Buda. Fucking stain again. It's been seventeen years. Skinny. It's been sixteen years. Skinny God, little driveway. So I, I paid money out of my own pocket to build a parking pad, like a, just an extension of the driveway where these guys could park. Nobody asked you to do that. The, it was supposed to be nice. I was and happy. Then, I was happy to park on the grass. <laughs> then, the first day the cement's brand new. The first day you could, could handle having a car in it. Jeff parks his car there, and it left a gigantic <laughs> rust stain on it. To be oh. fair, half of it was oil. It wasn't <laughs> all rust. <laughs> also, it's a fucking driveway in the elements, man. But it's brand new. It's, it's a car house. You have to admit it looked horrible. The stain? Yeah. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I, I see. I fucked <laughs> my house. You I, parked on top of it. You couldn't see yeah, it. I didn't see it for shit. <laughs> see, I did a thing in my current house. I can't have any luck with this. I did a thing in my current house when I moved in where I was having the house painted on the inside. Anyway. Yeah, you do. So I told the painters, hey, can you guys just paint the garage floor? Like, seal it. Because Marcus, had, you can't see it, but he sealed the floor in here in stage five. And it's really like, like, like a shop floor. And it's great. And it makes it easier to clean everything. So I had him do that. It's like... They had never done it before, and they just did a super shitty job, and I'm oh. still dealing with it like five years later. Is it like mm. got like a like a gritty texture, like sand or anything to it? No, in fact, I made it too light. I should have made it darker because now it's like I got to clean the thing the whole time because it shows stains like a light gray. And then anywhere where there was oil already in the cement, the oil just kind of like rose back up again and then knocked the paint off there. So I have like these Ugh. holes in it. So my you yeah, know, my, the whole purpose, purpose. Yeah. totally defeats the purpose. My cousin who lives in your neighborhood, um, he and his husband, they when they uh, they put a fucking Lift in their garage, what? so that he can lift the Lamborghini or whatever car he has. Jesus, I think what happens. This he actually has a McLaren right now. But gays move in, and all the property values go up. That's it. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happens. Oh, with their hundred thousand dollar cars. My cousin's husband collects cars, and he's a successful. He he owns a construction so company, so he's got does, money. Does the Lamborghini drip rust? Onto the McLaren? It, no, it drips onto a Porsche. Onto a Porsche. <laughs> but, say so he literally, because he has like four, he just keeps cars all the time. So they have a lift, they have two lifts that raise up so they can put the other cars yeah. under. But they have like a, it's almost like they got the floor powder coated, but it has like a grit in it. And it's like a black and white. Right. Thing. Yeah, it's my really head's like cool. flex in it. It should have that. But yeah. It, does, it doesn't have that. Mm. So. I'm trying to, th I'm sitting over thinking, do I know any dude couples that are broke? And I don't think I do. What is the demographic? Are they like at the top of the food chain in terms of like income and everything? I don't want to generalize. Here we go, but though. Go. Oh, my no. last podcast. Oh, I have, no. I have, I have no, 90 listen, minutes to get go. canceled. Listen, this is not my last podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I have to come back. I'm going to say, anecdotally, in my experience, gay men are the happiest people on earth. Yeah, man. Yeah. They really are. I, I don't know a lot of miserable gay men. And, uh... They, I just, they have it figured out. 
Henry Rollins had a bit. I think I've, I may have even talked about this on the podcast before, but he had a bit uh, when he in his spoken word where he talked about in that like 87, he was living in L.A. and his neighbors were, were, were these two gay dudes. And it's kind of how he like his introduction to gay culture, I guess, was living next to these two dudes. And he said, I figured out after about two weeks, like these guys would come home. They would drink a bunch of beer. They would watch baseball. Then they would listen to Black Sabbath and fuck each other. And I was thinking, <laughs> what are you saying? Eric's like, that's awesome. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and he was thinking like. These guys are having every day is a is fucking is is a vacation for these guys. Like their lives are awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking miserable. These guys, they they're just high fiving and fucking and getting drunk and watching sports. Can only imagine it. Can only yeah. imagine. Yeah, like it's if awesome. I if, if I had a boyfriend or a partner, I know the conversations take place would be like, hey, which one of us do you think could come further? Like, and that oh, would be a yeah. day. That would be a day figuring that out. Yeah. I can't, I can't have that conversation with Ashley. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I'm missing that in my life. I'm sorry, Ashley. It's a beautiful baby that we made together, though. <laughs> well, if you ever want to have a, if you ever want to have a come off. Yeah, you want to, you want to go out with a bang? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> see if you can make it off of the, off of the polished so, concrete. Wait until, area. wait until the post show. <laughs> we can't do that on the post show. Also, okay, can I say also preface it that like if you talk to like older gay men, old. Nobody has had a tougher time in America in the last 50 years, maybe, than older gay men. Well, well, a lot of people have had a tough time. A lot of people have had a tough time. Let's try to go ranking, yeah. But, like, uh, like the, the world is a much better place. I heard, actually, uh, Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall was on a podcast recently. Uh, I heard the interview, and he was just talking about, like, how much it fucking kind of sucks to be an older gay entertainer who has, like, broken down a lot of doors but get no credit for it yeah, from yeah. the current... I guess generation of gay people who didn't have to go through that and just like he just had like a thousand yard stare and he just like my life has been miserable seriously growing up in that era they also got I didn't know this they got fucked over like they didn't make a dime off that HBO show well and it's also and they you, didn't make a dime off of it on Comedy Central which is where the show really had its legs it, you know if if you ever like tune into a radio station or a podcast and one of the kids in the hall is sitting down for an interview Buckle up, because yeah. it's, 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 there's no, like, real happy stories. Like, even Dave Foley, who went off and was on talk radio for years after that, his his stories that he tells that, about his divorce. Yeah, he can't he go, go back to Canada? He can't Is go to it? Canada. According yeah. to him, he can't go back to Canada. Because the moment he sets foot in Canada, they just, like, you know, destroy his bank account. Hello, baby. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can hear the baby in the background. Probably can't, because Mike's doing his job. But my little baby is sitting over there with Ashley. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll make an appearance later, say hello. Hello. Maybe What's that? After okay. this, maybe baby, maybe later. I might have to go. Teddy, you, you, you already right. booking your replacement over here. Yeah, right, right. He's uh, raised up. Teddy was. Uh, Teddy wanted to come today. It's gonna be tough with school and everything. We, I, I had the worst traffic coming over here today. Really? Yeah. Like after lunch, I was like trying to cross through traffic, trying to get back across town, and it was just like. It used to be like, oh, traffic's only bad rush hour. <laughs> then it was like, oh, traffic's only bad rush hour and Friday. Fr it, then it was is, like, what is it about Friday? What the fuck is it with Friday? It starts at like 10 a.m. And then you know? now it's like, oh, it's just if the sun's out, there's traffic. Mm -hmm. Or if the sun's out or it's 2 a.m. It's just like, it's just, it's just creeping to the point where it's going to be all the time. So little baby, little Gustavo Raul Sorol of the fourth over there. <laughs> he, uh, no relation. He has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't want a Dave Foley situation here. Yeah, when he was. <laughs> Dark. It's hard to feel. Uh, you listen to this interview with Dave Foley. It's hard to feel bad for him. I think maybe it was either Joe Rogan or Howard Stern that he's doing one of these in-depth things on. It's like, yeah. he's like, I don't have any money. And it's like, she took all my money and everything. But then he also then, in the same breath, tells stories about turning his outdoor pool in L.A. up to like 90 degrees 
so that the girls at the party would take their tops off. It's Sucks like to be broke. It's what? really, it's really hard to, <laughs> to, to feel bad for a guy yeah. who's still in a position to be able to do that. Also, I mean, come on, is it really? That hot that you're like, oh, it's really hot. I better take my bikini top off. Sense. I don't know, that's such a weird. That's, that's, that's a stupid story. Who's, it's a weird the, story to begin with. Who's yeah. the one with the curly hair? I, I'm drawing a blank on it. Kevin and, Andy Dick. No, Kevin uh, McDonald. Kevin McDonald. Kevin right. McDonald. Yeah, Kevin McDonald. Mark McKinney's oh. on Superstore. Got I to meet him at a Destiny event. That was really. Mark McKinney's interesting because he was on Kids in the Hall and SNL. He's the only person to ever be on two of those shows. Really? Uh, but uh, the only one who ever will be probably. Kevin McDonald. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Kevin McDonald. I heard him on a podcast recently, and he was talking about. Also fascinating. He was talking about I think it was John Fugel saying uh, on POTUS, but uh, who's also a very funny comedian. But he was saying that an interesting side effect of the current climate is the kids in the hall guys no longer they no longer have permission from their audience to play women. Yeah, don't no, that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Like they they because they they did it. They were like we did it out of necessity because we just didn't know any women. Uh, but yeah, they they've had to cut all their female characters out of kids in the hall now. Does that include well, his chicken lady character? Yeah. Is that yeah. like a big You mean cut them out of the shows that are currently... The live shows that they do and stuff on oh, tour? Oh, they're still doing... Yeah, they, oh. they, they do, yeah, they do still do tours and stuff, and they get in trouble. They said they, said they just had to stop. Huh. I heard they still tours. Yeah, Scott Thompson and they were always like, had great female characters, too. He was like the... Oh. Who's uh, the dude from... Uh, the dude? Terry Gilliam from Monty Python that always played women and did such an amazing job yeah. at doing it, but just can't guess to do it these days. And that's what Kevin McDonald said. He was like, we weren't trying to take jobs away from women or anybody or anything. We were just ripping off... Monty Python because we were in love 100%. with them. Yeah, and we yeah. believe it was like everything we did was a ripoff of Monty Python. Yeah, you know, and yeah, it's just interesting how times have evolved. Yeah. And he's the, there was the other guy. I, I hate to call him out for this, but he's, he was the shorter guy, the more athletic guy. Uh, Bruce McCullough. Bruce McCullough, right? Okay, he did some great like short film stuff on there, like that. You know, in the style of now digital shorts on SNL. Yeah. Of course, Rich Rich Hall was doing shorts on SNL a long time ago. The Sniglets guy gets no him. credit for that. Gets yeah. no credit for that. Yeah, he and really he made some it. really amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He made that that one short where he worked as like sweeping up in a grocery store, and there was that mat in front of the doors. It used to be not a sensor, but a mat. Yeah. You'd step, step on, on that would on open it. doors mm-hmm. at the grocery store. And he moved the mat to sweep under it, and then a guy smacks into the door, and they realize it's the door that's or the mat that's magic. So he like takes it and puts it in front of like bank vaults. That's and stuff, a great idea. Opens it up, then he like cuts it out and puts it on his shoes. It was like a really great short. Had nothing to do with SNL. Another one back in that day that was really good was the one where Eddie Murphy put on white face and walked uh, around as was, a white guy all day long. Yeah, and yeah. he went and tried to get a loan at a bank and stuff. Did you see he's coming back to Saturday Life? He's gonna ho- not to be on it, but he's gonna host. Yeah. Well, he's got a. He's always had a, like a contentious relationship with has uh, he? SNL. I think, yeah, because there was that whole weird thing when they had that. Was it the fortieth anniversary or whatever? Yes. He came out and made that really weird speech, and everybody was look weirded out by him. And then apparently, he's been doing like he's literally nothing for like the last six or seven years. Nothing, yeah. intentionally. Did you, have you seen like, the? Doesn't he make like twenty five percent of all the Shrek movies? He's like the Robert Downey Jr. But when was the last one? Then there was a Shrek movie. Who the fuck cares? He was the highest grossing actor of all time until he stopped even making movies. Did you see the comedians in uh, Cars cars with coffee? Getting coffee with uh, Eddie Murphy? No, he's on that. Yeah, it's fascinating. No, really, it's about it's about forty five minutes long. Is it this season or? Yeah, it was like the first episode of this most recent. It's a great show. He's coming back to stand up. He signed a deal with Netflix. I think it's like a seventy million dollar deal. Did you have his stand up albums when you were a kid? I had Delirious and Raw. I think that's the only ones that. Yeah, those are the ones I know of. Yeah, like I had them until my. My parents took him away. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't allowed. <laughs> then, 
I bought the. Uh, he made the movie. He made those music albums. Mm-hmm. There's got to be like one section on here that he hasn't promoted. That's going to be like really terrible, vulgar comedy routine that he's sneaking in for kids like me who got yeah. the albums, <laughs> the comedy albums taken away. But there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Which not. was a disappointment. It was just plenty of wonderful '80s pop. Yeah. Yeah, just wonderful '80s pop. Yes. That uh, that comedians and cars was really fascinating because he was pretty honest about his career and about his fear. Part of why he doesn't he hasn't done stand up in so long is because he's terrified of it because it's been so long. And he's like, my biggest regret in life is that I stopped because it's so much harder to start. And there, he, he's like, I, he admitted he's like, I feel so much pressure. Yeah, you know, and it's like, but he's gonna do it now. He said he he couldn't avoid it forever. It's one of those shows it's, too where it's like, and we're dealing with this lately because. There's a podcast out there that's like the same basic premise as day five and all the creatives who work on day five are like, hey, what are we going to do about this? It's like, that's just the way entertainment works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like comedians and cars getting coffee. It's even like Jerry Seinfeld calls it out in this season's promo. All the people that have like ripped off comedians and cars getting coffee. And it's like almost like maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, wasn't there another show? Like I feel like he was made an a Alec sta- Baldwin one. I feel like he made a statement about that, and then somebody pointed out, yeah, there was also this other show before yours, right? That was the basically which is the same probably thing. the case at this point for just about anything. anything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. But I just saw like it's MTV now has a hot one show, and oh, Sean, really? the guy who MTV has a hot one show, dude, and Sean, the guy who like, tweeted about it, the guy who does hot ones and uh, first we feast, he's like, you know, they ripped it off down to everything, like even the set, the cheap, what? low budget sets, the exact. What do they thing. call it? Hot twos. Wild ones? Or so? no. mm. so, uh, I'll see. You can I look them up. Man. Eric, you can probably pull that tweet up. That's if rough. You a as long as someone laughs. laughs. That's all that matters. This episode of the Rich Teeth Podcast is brought to you by Hims. Did you know that by age 35, 66% of men already start to lose their hair? And even worse, it's often too late by the time you notice it. With hair loss, the best thing to do is to stop it while you can. Let 4hims.com help. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. I look at my hair every day, I'm sure just like you do. We all worry that it's starting to thin. I really like that there's something uh, that could help me feel better about keeping my hair. And thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims uses licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to treat hair loss, letting guys feel like the best version of themselves. 4Hims saves you hours by connecting you with real doctors online, giving you prescription solutions that are backed by science. All you have to do is answer a few quick questions, one of their doctors will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe hair loss medication that is then shipped directly to your doorstep. Order now. Our listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today, right now, while supply lasts and subject to doctor approval. You can see the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. Go to 4 slash rooster. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash rooster. 4 slash rooster. Thanks, Hims, for sponsoring this episode of the Rooster Podcast. But it's like, I mean, how many times have like... Wild sauce. Wild sauce. That's what it's called. Uh, wild sauce. But it's like, um, how many times it's like, I mean, stuff you've worked on, you, you, you see it again. How many RVB, there was no real like machinima before RVB. There was like a couple like short films here or there. And there was this massive explosion of it afterwards. A company even bought the company named Machinima, you know, in that fervor afterwards. I know Immersion's been, you mm-hmm. know, done like a billion times, like the gaming thing. Um, it was the, done the, with Ryan Dunn. The tough, the tough part about the Hot Ones thing is, and I've been through this, is mm-hmm. it's MTV's... Was it wild sauce? Wild sauce. Wild sauce presented by Wendy's, and it's oh. like and that's the worst part. Is like oh. when when someone rips something off and then they get a big sponsor. Oh boy, that's they should bad. have called it Wild and Out of Ideas. <laughs> that one gets a laugh. Look at that. See, that was funny. It, it even says Wild Sauce presented by Wendy's at yeah. the bottom. Wild and Out's a show. I don't know about that. I yeah. met that dude at the YouTube. 
partner summit last year. He was a nice guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to stuff. Just it like, my hut. When people take other people's ideas, they're like, can't even come up with their own look. Like, they have to take yeah, somebody like else's everything. look. You know what I mean? Like, a, <laughs> down, another person or even every a detail character. Down to the last detail, man, that's just not, you know, like, the dude's not cool with It's that. like I said to the creative team working on it. <laughs> does not it's like, abide. congratulations, you are now a genre. That's what you can, when yeah, something becomes a genre and people just decide that this is not an original idea, now it's a genre and everyone else can do it. It's really cool, but at the same time for the person who originally did it, kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I always think about George Romero. You know, he came up, if he's told someone, come up with a new monster that has rules and everything, and yeah, zombies are based on, like, Haitian voodoo and things like that, but the zombie apocalypse where all the dead rise from the gate grave from some event, and all the survivors are trying to stay alive, that's an original thing that yes. he came up with, and then people decided zombies are a genre, and now everyone does it, you know? And yep. why would he have... You know, get any money from The Walking Dead, even though he came up with this original idea. And he made the two best zombie movies ever. <laughs> Go ahead. What are they? Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Night of the Dead's a fantastic film. What I, is? Night of the Living Dead? Night of the Living Dead. It still holds up oh, very okay. well. Before, okay. before, before oh, I decided to look either. it up, before like Romero's interpretation of zombies, you're right, it was all like Haitian voodoo stuff, or there was a, a, an old movie in 1932 where zombies were depicted as mindless henchmen under the spell of an evil magician. Right. So even then, like, husks yeah. being mm. controlled by some other Like entity. the undead, he combined, like, the zombie thing of being under a spell from voodoo and magic and combined that with, like, ghouls of, like, vampires or, you know, Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein essentially Frankenstein a zombie. Thing. Yep. Yeah. He's a surgically constructed zombie in just one of them. So Millie is taking a zombie class in school. No, she's and, not. Yeah, she <laughs> Public is. school? Yeah. I, I'm not paying my taxes. And, uh, I'm going to write, write that in the total amount. No, there's a zombie class at a public a school. Uh, but uh, yeah, they actually studied Frankenstein. That's as the origins of zombies come from Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. The, well, <laughs> yes. the well, word, Frankenstein is the one that created the monster. The word zombie is not, not used in Night of the Living Dead. What's that? The word zombie is not used in Night of the Living Dead. Nor it's used one time, I think, in the original Dawn of the Dead. One, one time a guy in the mall... Uh, on the radio it says zombie and that's it. Yes, Return of the Living Dead is awesome. Oni, uh, I love that film. It has a very uh, It's very near and dear to my heart because of the scene when uh, The guy is like trying to he's trying to eat his girlfriend Tina and he's like oh, Tina you hurt me you made me cut my hand off Tina, but I love you darling I want to eat your brains I think like one of the best moments in a movie ever and the punk rock chick gets naked in the gray in the um, cemetery And she's got awesome boobs. Yeah, that was a nice part of an 80s horror movies <laughs> I got one clap back there. Thank you. You guys remember '86? Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. Every in every horror movie, somebody got naked. That movie know? had a lame ass ending though, and that's what kills it for me. We're not living dead. Well, it was all it was all like a campy like send up. To me, it was like somebody. Even there was the, just no ending to the movie. They're like, uh, let's nuke it. I guess. Wasn't the main zombie the main one? Wasn't he like supposed to be inspired by the Iron Maiden album cover guy? What? What was the guy who was, was right? on all the covers of Iron Maiden? Oh, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, right? Eddie, right? I was gonna say Eddie. Yeah, and it's. I think that's that was the inspiration for. I that. don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I I never knew that as a kid. I was of that like too. That about movie. remember Brutal Legend, that mm -hmm. game that Jack yeah. Black gave yeah. a while ago. That was like the original like creators and artists' inspiration for that was to talked about like sitting there and like staring at heavy metal album covers while listening to music and just imagining that world and what that would be and everything. I thought that's so cool to me. We were talking about that game recently because that was one of, that was like a, a defining moment in Achievement Hunter. We got that game like a month early and so we made the definitive oh, yeah. guide for all the collectibles. Did Jack leave it in his car? Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, <laughs> yeah, it never came out because, <laughs> uh, you can get, it's at a pawn shop somewhere in Austin. 
Um, but uh, we just I was just remembered about how like how fucking hard it was. How Jack and I played that game like probably a hundred hours just driving around in that car looking for the last like four collectibles and just how miserable it was. And really, it, it, it sucks to be first. It kind of does. Kind of I, I think about first. that every time I use an achievement guide, even to this day. It's yeah. like, does somebody like sit down and like mm. just really go through every nook and cranny of the level? I was just had in my back of my brain that the developers go, yeah, here's where you can find like yeah. all this I've been, stuff. I've been dealing with that a lot with uh, World of Warcraft Classic. I've been playing that again. I don't know how you. And it's like it's so big. I've, I've forgotten stuff. Like I don't remember where the fuck this is. And you go and you look it up. It's like someone's already written this huge guide about like this is where this is. You fly here, walk this way, do this. Like, thank God. What are Somebody the else already went and did this, and that's mm. a that's a giant world. Yeah. What are the Wailing yeah. Caverns? What is that? It was an instance in the Barrens. But is it like hard to find, like your way it's around not, in it or something? It's Isn't confusing it? once you're in. Okay, that's what the, that was the post that I saw. It was like I understood the meme from context. Oh, 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 Wailing yeah, Caverns yeah. is it in was, it's in it's inside the um. It's a little cave just southwest of Crossroads. Yes, it's you're like right. a big skull southwest of Crossroads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, once you walk in there, it's like, oh, you have to go a very specific way. It's like multiple levels. It's, it's like a, a little nightmare. 18 to 20 or so, right? Yeah, that's about Colin, what are you doing with all your spare time now? Are you going to catch up on your backlog of video games, finally? that you? Uh... I'm working on my look. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I'm happiest about with all these changes that are going on is the fact that Matt gets to be a human being. Yeah, that's I, think, nice. I think we're all really happy about I, that. I'm, I'm very excited to see Matt I gotta in more stuff. i got to remember how to do that. <laughs> well, you're, you're off to a great start. Yeah, this is just since Tuesday. Like, now, Matt, did the fast. PR department, did they approve of this? Was that okay? Did you get 15 sign-offs on it? I forgot the PR and the HR and all the other R's. All the other R's. You might go to the ER later. <laughs> so no, what are you going to be doing with your spare time now, Matt? Um, now that you're not CEOing. You know, I'm just trying to keep it uh, relaxed, trying to keep it chill. I'm um, <laughs> going to do my own thing. going to... Gonna, you know, put some stuff together <laughs> with people. It's gonna be great. You should have another kid. That's <laughs> <laughs> should I? That's the move. That's, that's the move. That man. is a good move. That's a good move. No, I, I, I don't know. I think you know we're gonna make some more studio stuff. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna make some. I don't know what movies and TV shows TV. and all kind of crazy stuff. So Speaking of which, so hey, your calendar's got to roll over. I want to see what your October date is. It's back there. But today's September. I, Oh. But technically, this podcast will be out in October, so you have to do it. You have to. The roll best it over. sentence to start with technically. What's that? He said the best sentence to start with. Doesn't all your sentences start with technically? Yes. I think I just no. like the October photo so much, and I want to see it. Yeah, it's my favorite one. I love that one. It's Gus as the nurse. That's art, my friend. That was on my phone for a long time before Yikes. the calendar came out. That was a. You gonna be sad when 2019's over? You don't have that calendar. We need to make another one. Dude, we'll making make a calendar every 10 years. Was such a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> All I know about making calendars is no matter when you start, you're too late. We were in the downtown the office when we initially wanted to have that calendar. We yeah. shot that one photo on the railroad track for that. What was it? it was for the episode of Red vs. Blue. Yeah. Was it the PSA the about being manly? Was that it? Yeah, the macho PSA. Oh, right. Because Mashable right. determined that we had a 93% male audience. Back in the day, we were the most Joke's male. Joke's on them, it was 98 we were the most male audience on the internet, according to Mashable. <laughs> what happened to Mashable? What, is, what are they, they doing? They still exist, right? They're still they're still serving full page ads and taking over your web browser. <laughs> Fucking shitty ass website. Right. Well, don't make jokes. We'll be doing that next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I can be upset about that too. <laughs> so, how about you though, Bernie? What are you going to be working on? You uh, you working on the the next Bernie Burns joint? What's that going to be? Yeah, yeah. So for people who don't read press releases or things like that. Uh, 
this is going to be my last podcast. Um, we've been making changes inside the organization, and I stepped down as chief creative officer, and now that job doesn't really exist anymore. That's been kind of distributed among a lot of different people. Jeff is our executive like senior you. ultimate creative director. Said, what I'm hearing is that I need to be distributing more because it seems like it's just me so far. No, you guys like with we created you. a lot of Horcruxes <laughs> for the, the creative role. <laughs> you just passed them around everywhere. And Jordan, look at this distribution thing. Jordan Swears is creatively in charge of animation. Yep. And Barbara then is Barbara Dunkelman creatively in charge of core and comedy. Correct. And then Trevor fills that like that role in Achievement Hunter, and then I guess Omar and those guys. I don't know how they work. The Funhouse. I assume they work. Or is like the managing yeah. of RT West. They had videos come out today, so they're still around. <laughs> they're still plucking away. God I watched, bless them. I watched, I watched their Colonel Sanders video. It was very funny. But uh, yeah, I'm going to get back to what I was doing when I started this whole thing. Was, you know, was wanted to make narrative shows. And I know a lot of people think of us as uh, primarily personality-driven content because we've been doing that primarily for like the last 10 years, especially the last 10 years I've been on this podcast. But it's not really what we started doing. Started. Even like the first six Seven years of this company, we didn't do anything but narrative projects, mm -hmm. and then the personality stuff kind of, kind of personality stuff kind of hit all at once. Cool. Once, we, once we bought a camera, it was that record. <laughs> remember we recorded that couch in the back of the Congress office where we'd edit. I know Red versus Blue. That's I, where we recorded the first podcast. A jammed ass room. It's where the first Awu was. If you want to go mm -hmm. back and look at that room, we, we did. Um, we did a, yeah, a couple of shorts were in that room as well. Yep the the World Cup one. The, the first one we put out had a yeah. scene in there. Oh, right. Shannon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But that's what I'll be doing. So I'm going to get back and be writing some projects, which means I will not be uh, really appearing in stuff. I won't be on the podcast anymore. There's always this debate, too, well, of like, when someone makes a change like this, it's always very easy to say things like, I'll be back and I'm just going to be around. I'm definitely not saying that. You know? it's just, I'm definitely not. It's, uh, I want to focus on that. And I've tried a couple different times to try to refocus while still maintaining some of my other responsibilities. But the scale at which everything grows is like, mm. it's just those other responsibilities, no matter how much you try to diminish them yeah. or distribute them, just having being in that mix, it's like the scale just catches up with you and you end up spending the same amount of time. Well, you know? I think yeah. it's, I think it's going to be great. Because uh, when you have focused time to knock some stuff out, man, you do great work and you make hits. And I think I'm ex I'm super ex just as a fan. I'm excited to see you what the next thing you're gonna make. Thanks. As a hit, I think it's gonna be awesome. And uh, you know, I've seen you, uh, you know, try to juggle all this stuff for the last I don't know decade, seventeen years, whatever it is. And um, you've done a great job, kind of trying to manage both, but. Um, I can't wait to see the next Red versus Blue or Immersion or, um, you know, another movie or, or, or what have you. I think that's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited about that as a fan. I really am. And we're all, I think, really excited about getting cast in it. Thank you in advance. I think so you're all excited about not being on camera with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love being on camera with you guys. That's my, my biggest lament uh, of the success of Rooster Teeth is mm. just like it required us to kind of run off and run different parts of the company and we didn't get to do this stuff as much, you know, in the later years. Yeah, you I mean just from the natural scale of it, but then yeah. people would be sick of us anyway. I mean, that's the thing too, it's like, people I really- People are sick of us, they tell us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read the comments. But I look at just, you know, the way, there's personality-driven content and there's like narrative-driven content. Yeah. And we've got like, we're kind of living in two worlds with a bunch of different people and a lot of people are living, trying to live in two worlds and it's just like, Near the two shall meet, you know, honestly. Right. And it's just, it's, we got to recognize there's two different audiences. And the structure of the company now, I think it's been kind of put out there in 
official press releases and stuff like that, but it's RT Direct, which Jeff, you'll be over essentially all of RT Direct. Yeah. And then RT Studios is where I'll be working in a non-management capacity. Can't be, you know. No, non-talent, non-management. <laughs> can't, can't be any clearer about that. Non-management capacity. Working in RT Studios and the mat will be over all of RT Studios. And like that'll be things that we make that, you know, the direct audience quite frankly, is not all really interested in, you know, or it says they're not interested in. Well, it's, you know? and stuff like we should be just totally upfront that is probably not destined for our platform. Probably not. Yeah. And and I think that's, you know, that's a good thing. Like we, we want to make sure that we have as much great content on our site as we possibly can and like, you know, doing what we do. And I think Jeff's going to do a fantastic job of that. But there's also like a lot of other things that we want to do that aren't sometimes just aren't Right, don't quite fit, and we have to find partners, and we have to find other ways to, to get them made. Got to find that's, money. Yeah, have I mean all those things, you know. Sir? Oh boy, Let's see if there's anything left in here besides a might be, might be a, a scorpion spliff. in there. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's a that's that's okay, you know. I mean, like, but the the, the key is just we all got to be focused about what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and if you think back to when we started Rich Teeth, it really was <clears throat> the coming together of of two groups of friends, right? The guys that made movies together and the idiots on the internet. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are now. You guys are doing the bigger, going to be focusing on the bigger projects. I would say bigger, but sure. Well, yeah. I think grander in scale than a Let's Play, you know? Yeah, but it's a frequency thing too. Right. Like if you it add up, if you add up like, you know, Minecraft, you know, and you, you guys do it every single week or GTA or whatever, it's like you do hours and hours of content About all the 12, time. 12 hours of edited content a week is yeah. what you've heard of. A 90 so. minute movie every two years is like, you know, Anyway, I was gonna say, it's just I don't know whether bigger is the right word, but yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, different. Then. Different, yeah. yeah. Narrative versus non-narrative, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I think that's I think that's the big line of demarcation, really. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's like, and I think I hopefully the the people, the audience who like definitely wants us to keep doing the daily content and the direct content that they like so much. Hopefully, they're going to see this as a huge positive. It's like, yeah, you're going to lose a couple people from that daily content, like me. Um, sorry, you're going to miss me so much, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 important to focus on it. You know what I mean? Right. So people won't be getting pulled away, in their opinions, getting pulled away and distracted mm -hmm. by these other projects. You know. There'll still be some of that, but hopefully they'll understand that's like this is a this is a focusing on what's working. So it's basically two different sides of the company. And we were doing all the reorg stuff. It's like basically everyone had to be asked, like, what's your strength and what do you do? And for me in particular, I had to be objective. It's like there's things I like doing, you know, and there's things I'm good at, which sometimes those two things don't exactly overlap, you know, perfectly as much as you'd like. Uh, but if I looked at the last year, or five, excuse me, five years that I've looked back, the thing I've done really well in this company is I've made shows that can find a life on another platform yes. as well. It's like mm -hmm. RVD went to Netflix, went to TV, Laser Team and Laser Team 2 were paid for by Google and went on Google. Um, Million Dollars Butt went to Facebook for a while. Million Dollars Butt the card game did retail and then, you know, Immersion was picked up by Discovery. So it's like those are the things like that's what I've been doing the last five years, you know, amongst all these other things. But that's where I've been making the biggest impact. So it just makes sense that I would lean more into that, you know, and do that kind of stuff. And I like it. I like yeah. that. I like doing that stuff. Well, that's the thing is at the end of the day, you've got to be creatively challenged, right? Yes. yes. We, we, really, we really do. And it's, it's like there's nothing worse as a creator uh, or a creative person than to get into a rut, you know? Treadmill. That's treadmill what I, yeah. I heard recently, treadmill. And I get it because like that's a good analogy to me because a treadmill, you can do a ton of work on a treadmill and you get off and you're in the exact same place. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's how you can feel that way when you do anything long enough. In 10 years, fucking 10, 10 years is a long time to do a podcast. It's a long time. A lot of how many episodes we got? Eleven. I think this is five sixty four. 
Yeah, 564. Yeah, like Eric's been here for like what, 10 episodes and already he's like <laughs> just burned out. We want to we we have uh people were asking in chat if we're going to still keep doing Gavin or Google uh after you leave. Sure. I mean I mean yeah, do it. Knock I, it out. I wasn't asking for your permission. I told him yeah, we were. We have a we have a bunch of games and other segments that we've worked luck. on that we want to do. I, I will say, Gus, I uh I no longer on off topic uh <laughs> very often. I would love to be on this every <laughs> once in a while. You, know, you want to play Gavin or Google? Yeah, I'd love to. Will you be on this? Will you like show up more on this show? I would yeah. love to have you on this podcast. All you guys have to do is ask me. Just run that through me, Eric. Mm, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I can commit to being on it every week, but I can commit to being on it as much, if not more, than off topic. Eric, I'm sitting right fucking here, dude. I mean, you're not gone. Sad, like, for like a minute. I'm looking and a half? at taillights, brother. You're gone, dude. I oh. totally shit. It's like uh, get, you know, girlfriend fade. leaves and you're like on Tinder while she's walking out the fucking door. Well, what are you supposed to do? You wait for her to walk all the way out the door? I don't know, fuck you. Go watch wrestling, motherfucker. This episode of the Receive Podcast is brought to you by Magic the Gathering. Their new card set, Throne of Eldraine, is out now. They asked us to write our own take on some of these fairy tales, and we're going to read those for you right now. We have not read this yet. Not so yet. Let's uh, let's get started. Narrator. Go, narrator. Much better, narrator. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time at the edge of a dark Wait, do, forest. Do, do, do we want to read the title? Oh, do I? Do we need that? Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> Sunny Locks and the Three Bears. Hmm. Very <laughs> interesting. Written by Andrew Rosas. Once upon a time at the edge of a dark forest, there live a... Qu- can I just take it from there? Keep going. There lived a quiet young girl, Sunny Locks. Because of the horrors she'd seen in battle, she took to wandering the forest to clear her head and quiet the screams of her family oh that died in the great porridge wars of the previous winter. <laughs> wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, the woods, everything in nature in balance. The girl was a hunter. Her family's old cottage, which was once bubbling with life and happiness, was now festooned with her animal trophies in what looked like a grim shrine to death itself. Nice. My God. One morning she ran farther into the woods than she's... One... One morning... (laughs) It's harder than it looks. (laughs) One morning she ran farther into the woods than she'd ever had before. Out of breath, she collapsed in a mosey patch near a rivulet. Rivulet. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Her heartbeat pounded a sharp ringing in her ears, which subsided after a moment and gave way to the calming sounds of water. But something was amiss. There are no birds or a stir of wind. (laughs) As she sharpened her senses to the verdant cathedral surrounding her, another sound cut in the din of the rivulet lay. (laughs) (laughs) A distant familiar sound out of the corners of her memory. Laughter. But not the laughter of people. It was the primal, guttural laughter. It was a primal, guttural laughter. One from... (laughs) Don't laugh at me. One from deep in time when the new gods stood on the bones of the old and reveled in their victory. I'm imagining Andrew's listening to this going, Rivoulet! (laughs) Rivoulet! As the sound of laughter became more present and lost the eerie reverberations of the cavernous forest, she saw a stone house. No one has lived in these woods for hundreds of years. She thought to herself and crept up to a window of the dwelling. (laughs) Ha ha ha! What is better than the flesh of peasants? More papa! Of course, little one. Sunny Locks unsheathed her sword and delicately used the reflection in the blade to see inside the crumbling structure. 
Her breath turned cold as the figures in the window, in the weapon, not window, in the weapon became clear. <laughs> bears. A family of bears sat around a snow-bitten oak table, feasting on the viscera of what used to be a man. <laughs> the littlest bear began to thrash at the mangled shin of their fresh kill. Here, let me help you. The largest bear... The largest bear began stripping the flesh off the bone and macerating the meat in a wooden bowl. The sopping wet innards turned to a thick porridge that wafted the smell of iron out the window and stung Sunny Lox's nostrils. Her eyes glassed, and she remembered the sanguine terror of the previous winter. <laughs> she instinctively touched the dagger in her boot, but this one... She, but... Yes. But his was too but small. This but this one... This one was too small. Sorry, his one was too. This one was too small. <laughs> she admired. She admired the broadsword in her hand. Get a lot more reading. <laughs> Sorry. She admired the broadsword in her hand, but in the confines of the house would be too unwieldy, too big. Her frost-chapped hand then drifted down to the battle axe fastened to her right side. This one was just right. <laughs> From her fire-starting pouch, she drew a sack of black powder, when with a flick of her wrist, she sent it through the window into the dim hearth in the center of the room. The stone cottage filled with light, and the smoke-shocked roars of the Ursine creatures. Cool. Uh, Sunny Locks <laughs> Lock stood at the wall of the front door and lifted the axe above her head. Follow me! Run into the forest! The largest bear's head had just cleared the threshold when Sunnylocks brought down her axe with devastating force. The blade cleaved a trench of fattened blood, matted hair behind the bear's ears as it dripped in the doorway with a disgusting thud. Father! The bear's massive body now blocked the only exit as the mother and cub tore at his backside in their frenzied escape. Sunnylocks then crept into a tiny window just that just afforded her leaf frame. What do we do, mother? Stay behind me. We are under attack. <laughs> Out of the smoke, Sunny Lock's broadsword appeared in the air like a javelin. It glinted in the faint light of the bear's providence outside before slicing deep into the shoulder of the mother bear. Sunny Lock's silhouette materialized in the haze as the mother bear reared up on her hind legs, poised to bring down a nightmarish end to the girl. Sunny Locks fell backwards onto a hard bed as the mother's bear's as, as the mother's bear's mass came down on top of her. With her dagger braced at her side, the sheer weight of the animal drove the blade deep into its core. The final labored breath of the beast swirled a cleared in the swirled a clearing in the smoke for a moment and then faded away with the light in its eyes. Sunny Locks rose to her feet. The beast's blood was streaming down her body as she felt warm for the first time since venturing into these woods. Please, please, just let me go! Sunny Locks wiped the handle, the handle of her axe on the mother's bear's fur before returning it to its purchase in her right hand. The floor creaked as she stepped toward the cub huddled in the corner. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is wrong. We need to call Andrew. <laughs> it was dark when Sunny Locks returned to her home. She lit a humble fire in the stone circle in the center of the dwelling and mounted the three bare heads to the wall near the dinner table. As she sat in the soft glow and ate her supper, even the fresh pelts draped on her shoulders didn't warm her. 
She looked across the table into the glass black eyes of her new trophies and sighed. She thought about the next morning and going deeper into the woods. After all, she was a hunter. The, the end. end. Wow. <laughs> Throne cool. of Eldraine is the brand new Magic the Gathering card set that matches together Camelot and Grimm's Fairy Tales. Uh, you can play now with cards like these right now at Magic Arena. Download it for free on PC today at mtgarena.com. That was uh, that was intense. Did he put the script through a like uh, a violence bot? <laughs> a thesaurus or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, can confirm. It's good. Thanks, thanks, Adam. Thank you. Do you see the do you see the the big thing that's going around about uh, you know, Jeff, you did a really uh, awesome, cool talk on off topic, like right after we did the layoffs. I don't think it was a cool talk at all. No, nah, it was a very necessary talk. It felt like, and I appreciated that you did it. Oh yeah. yeah of well. course, the audience is portion of the audience, I would warn you that at a place where I am right now is I don't like to emotionally engage with people that I don't know and that I'm not going to meet. And there is that portion of the audience that's like, okay, Jeff has said something, why, who's going to say something next? Like, this is not, they're like in the, in the rhythm now of like, yeah. then now the next person has to emotionally engage yeah. and do that kind of thing. And this, this wrestler, Eric, who is this wrestler? Al Show. What is his? His name is Al Snow. Al Snow. <laughs> that yeah. was Fascinating. That was, that was fascinating. He's a former WWF guy. He's an independent worker and he's a trainer. Smart guy. Good mind. Yeah, he did a whole talk about uh was that, was that the video that was going toxic, around over the weekend? Yeah, it's yeah. toxic fandoms, yeah. but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like even that word is like that's just the word we're using now. We talked about this stuff for I feel like a decade. We I, even when it wasn't involving us, I talk about mob mentality and how mob mentality is uh, just like such a scary thing even when I watch what I said to, to Matt was even when someone I don't like or someone I've dealt with before and it's like I, I don't like them when I watch the mob get hold of them I said it feels like being in a zombie movie mm. where it's like the enemy gets attacked by zombies and you're still like mm, I don't like that it's yeah. like they're still a human and it's like there's something about that mob and telling when people just get going and they start to hammer on people you know and it's just like it's just you wonder when it's gonna be enough I thought it was I thought it was like such a brilliant distillation of that issue. Uh he 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 broke it down in very clear terms. I wonder if I it feels that way because I'm on one side of that argue, or one side of that situation. I wonder if I as a content creator, I I look at it and I go, "Well, that's really a salient way to put that together." Well, what did he say? Just for people who haven't seen it, just if you Oh god, he here. said that um I don't he said that there's a like Consistency breeds contempt. He said, yeah, first familiarity. Of all. familiarity. Familiarity breeds contempt. contempt. And he said that uh, information is not knowledge. Correct. Information and experience was, create knowledge. Was it having opinion is the lowest form of thought. Was that having an opinion is the lowest form of thought or discourse or whatever? Mm, yeah. Uh, and he just talked about how people assume have access to information and then assume that the information they have is knowledge. Is knowledge. And yeah. it's like, but, but they don't have the experience to, to understand why things are done the way they are. And a lot of people, because a lot of people want to defend their ability to, to make those kinds of comments, mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people commenting on saying, well, he's saying I have to be a wrestler in order to criticize wrestling. I don't have to be a chef to say I don't like something, you know, that I don't like the way something tastes. It's, I don't think that's what he's saying. Oh, he's saying you have to have some kind of experience. There's a lot of people who have information and have not just no experience in wrestling, they just don't have experience. Yeah. They just like, they have none. All they have is the information. And we've, I mean, we've dealt like with stuff like this before where people tell us you're basing your decisions on unsubstantiated claims online and information and you're doing this and you're doing that. It's like, no, we're not. 
We have personal experience that we use to make our decisions. We yeah. have personal multiple years of experience that we use to do it. And they're saying, no, you're, you're, you're these, this is, these accounts, like, look at this account. This was unsubstantiated. And this other thing, it's like, that's not us. That's you. That's yeah. literally you. You're the person who doesn't have anything but the accounts they read online because you have no personal experience. And then you're telling us, people with personal experience, that we don't have that and that we're basing our decisions on something else. It's crazy to me. It's yeah. well, the, crazy. The thing that was really interesting about it, too, is his tone. Because, he, you know, you could tell that he had this um, – he had this resigned kind of look to him, like, I've had this argument <laughs> so many times in so many different ways with people on this subject, and I'm just not having it anymore. I've I've analyzed it, I've been through the whole thing, and I, I know what they're going to say before they say it, because they always say the same thing, because it's a, I want to be right and tear stuff down kind of mentality, not, um, n- not a constructive kind of mentality. And it, it felt very much like he was still upset about it, but also had figured out there's no point in arguing with yeah. this group of people yeah. anymore. Was, I thought it was really, really well thought out. Yeah, yeah it really was. Well. Very, he, very he, concise well and very yeah. well thought out. He did say one thing at the end, too, that I think a lot of people gloss over. Yeah. What the thing at the end was he said that, you know, he was talking a lot about toxic fandom, but then he talked about the impact of the people that he works with in dealing with that. He That, that was when he came around right. at the end. He said, and there's Which people is, that I work with, writers and managers and talent, who live in their own bubble where this is their whole world and all they do is read this stuff and they make decisions based on that. Right. You know, and that is, that is the thing. And that's the kind of thing I think like when you're a creator or working in a group like we have, you got to be careful that you're not making decisions based on that stuff. You, you just can't do it. It's really hard. You got to follow kind of your own true north, you know. And those voices get louder they as do. you do that. They definitely get louder as you try to stay the course in your own way or what you think is the best course at that time. That's right. Uh, but yeah, otherwise you just like you just dart back and forth, right? You yeah. know, to to people's public opinion when they don't really have the full picture of of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or as Jeff said, I think some like I, I was listening to your talk that you had, and because you didn't tell anybody you were going to do that, I know? told Matt, and I oh you well, didn't I, didn't, I asked Matt if I, what his opinion was because it was like I mean basically what I was talking was talking about I had to go out and we had to give a production. Like a day after we yeah. went through that riff, and that was a terrible, it was such a catastrophic event for all of us. And how just like the decision making process of, I was just talking about that, like, like we're kind of damned if we do, damned if we don't. Like, what do we do? What's the best course of action? I I asked Matt, and we talked about it a little bit, and then he was like, I trust you, you'll you'll do, you'll make the right decision. And I said, I'll figure it out. And then I yeah, I figured it out in the car on the way to work that day. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of times you get into one of those things and you just feel it in the moment. Yeah, you know, you you know it's right, and the. You know, I don't know. One of the things I said to people here is like, you know, it's so much easier to be cynical than it is to create, you know, and um, we could spend a lot of time just in any, in, in, not just us, but like in any walk of life, just being so caught up in the cynicism. Uh, but that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't inspire anybody. And that doesn't want to make anybody get up and go do what they need to do and, you know, face the day. And um, you got to, you got to find what's, what's real and what's true about, your own art and your own experience for you. Do you think that the cynicism, like a, cynic, a cynical mentality is a function of age? Because I feel like when I was younger, I was way more cynical. Sure. I'm less cynical now, but there's a stereotype that when you're old, you're super cynical. So is it like like an inverted bell curve of some kind? I think it's like a Maybe case so. buds. You're get, super old. Let us know. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's a big part of my decision when I was facing the decision of what do I want to do. 
I was, I was gonna say it's like it's like taste buds as a kid when you eat something and you're like oh my god This is over the top like mustard or something, but then later in life it doesn't seem as bad It's because your taste buds are wearing down. Yeah, and you're just getting kind of like getting kind of numb to it to be honest with you the the situation that I ran into that I was really concerned about and me making a change of not doing the podcast and being less on camera is something that's been Gus, how long have I been talking to you about this? Uh, what is it, like two or three years? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a while. Like I even said at, the, begin longer, at, at the beginning of 2019, I said to Gus, I'm going to get as far into 2019 as I can. And it was going to be the 500th podcast. It was then going to be the 10-year podcast, which was in May. Like we kept talking about all that stuff. I didn't believe you. I never believed you. You've been talking about it so long. I was like, it's just never going to happen. Mm. Well, it was also, I also had this rule where it's like, I want to try to get away like two months out from any social media crisis. Uh, I want to get two months away from that so it doesn't seem like it's in a reaction to yeah. anything and it's just like but you can't because it's not always something at this point. That being said it's like we've had some stuff this year That's like I don't want to like lump into like social sure. media crisis We've had some real serious issues this year. They're unlike anything we've had uh, in the past But I've been talking for a long time What really kind of led me to this path was and this more so came about during the vlog was I used to read all the comments voraciously and try to cherry pick like what was the valuable information? What was yes. my takeaway? I still do. Yeah, still do that stuff. And uh, then I had to tell myself, well, just ignore the negative stuff, which is what people will say. Oh, it's only like 10% of the people or whatever. It's a very small minority. So just ignore them, you know, just ignore those people. And so then you start to do that. And then you get, into, I got into a position where it's like, if the bad comments don't matter, why did the good comments matter? Right. And then, uh, yeah. and then if those two things, if it just doesn't matter, then why am I why am I sitting in this chair? Yeah, like, what are you why getting am I, out of it? Yeah, yeah, what am I what do I it's like they need an audience deserves to have somebody in this chair who cares about the comments one way or the other. Mm -hmm. They really do. And I think Jeff, I think you're definitely in a place where you're very locked in. You know, you you have a like your finger on the pulse, you understand what people on the internet want. So I think it's like perfect move. Yeah, I th thank you. I, I do. I feel like I'm uh, I'm hitting some sort of a stride at this point in my life. And maybe it's getting sober or, or reclaiming some energy or what, but I feel like I'm like firing on all cylinders this last two years. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gung ho to, to take on the next challenge, you know, and to it's, keep doing the next thing. It's funny because I keep saying there's like, there's no senior circuit for. Web influencers, you know, yeah. I keep saying well, that about not, my, yet, not yet. I keep saying yeah. that about myself, but I don't, <laughs> right. I don't apply that to you guys because I feel like you guys are like in a different place now. Even though we're kind of similar in age, you know, every year we get closer. Pin that on you, but uh, two, two years older than me. But it's yeah. like just how I consider myself. And one of the things that kept coming up during the vlog was this comment of relatability that, I, that like I wasn't relatable. And I at first I was like, oh shit, oh shit. I'm not these things aren't relatable. I either got to like dumb down what I'm doing in the vlog or like hide some stuff and obfuscate some of the things I was doing. But then after a while I was like, should I should I should I be relatable? Should I it's like I've had two careers at this point. I'm 40, when am I 40? 46? When am I? 46. 46. Yeah. 46 years old. It's like maybe maybe relatable isn't like maybe that's not a thing I should strive for is relatability, you know? And it's maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a normal progression to not be relatable. I mean, it's totally acceptable. And I, I, I've said this before on the podcast. Uh, you, we are in our all in our 40s, uh, 46, 44, 45. You have to keep 42. saying 46. Uh, <laughs> what does it care? 41. Dude? As previously AJ, mentioned, no, your age. Over. Just say that. 41. But we're closer to our audience. We're closer in age to a lot of our audience's parents than right. to the audience. And that is what it is. Right. You know? Like a lot of people have, uh, like I'll, I'll get on and I'll do those talks like I did on Off Topic about other stuff, dick pills or whatever. And people are like, just some people will, will constantly say like Jeff's talking down to me like he's a parent he's not my dad but uh I well first off 
when Rusty started, everybody wanted to be our, like, people would show up and be like, oh, I just want to buy you a drink. I want to be your friends. Now that we're uh, where we are, people come up and they're like, oh, you're, you seem like a really cool dad. I wish you were my dad. Like, people want me to be their dad now. And I do feel parental. You, you don't have to the call audience. me out like that. I'm, I'm sitting right <laughs> hey, here. Hand me one of those. Can we have these, by the way? Because every time we drink these oh, Voodoo no, Rangers, we get in trouble. Can we do I this do there? feel I do feel kind of parental to the audience, and I'm okay with that. You know, I got a kid who is the age of Rooster Teeth fans, and I. Well, are you? Are you? Do you guys have this experience now with your kids at school that they hear the other kids talking about uh, Rooster Teeth, and then they like. Try to avoid this, the conversation. Yes, Millie does not like it when people talk about her. Uh, well, her people, people know who who she is because yeah. she's been on a lot. Like my kids, nobody knows who they are, mm. and we all prefer to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. And um, but then they're at school, and one of their friends will be talking to them about like rooster teeth and this and that, and like they shouldn't have done this, and they should have done this, and da 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 da. And they just have to sit there and kind of grin and bear it. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is like I feel bad because that's a, a bad position for them to have to be in like nobody wants to have to to deal with them to deal with that. And I don't want them to feel like they have to defend me Yeah, at, at school. It should be the other way around, you know, imagine George Lucas kids. George Lucas have kids. That yeah. would be fucking insane. It's such yeah, a, if they went his kids went to school and they were all the other kids were complaining about midichlorians. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean that would just be ridiculous. Elon, I was like Elon Musk kids. Every time I see an Elon Musk tweet, just click on it and read the comments. It's crazy. It talks about hey, here's a spaceship that I'm designing to hopefully send humanity to Mars and give us a multi-planet existence so we can preserve human consciousness. And like two or three tweets, the top two or three ones are like, "Your fucking stock's gonna tank." And now it's like, "Why? Yeah. Are you, why? Just why? Don't don't. What's the point?" Or you called that guy a pedophile <laughs> two years ago. Pedo yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. fucked up thing to yeah. do. But it's that like, how does that relate two years later to the to the Mars thing? You know, it's just like it just it never goes away. That's what I'm saying. That's the kind of stuff never goes when, away. Uh, so that's why know, you're supposed when, to delete your tweets. When I when I was a, a kid, my my uh, the the closest thing I had to that was like I was trying to avoid some shit my, my parents were responsible for when I was in school was uh, my father was in uh, law enforcement and he once uh, ticketed and arrested uh, our vice principal at middle school. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I I I just don't want to have to deal with this. Did you and it was oh a small town, so like everybody knew. It. I was like, I was just like, I'm just gonna keep my head down. The the vice principal had a, a kid oh. who was my age in my grade at the same school. I was like. I, I just I, I just don't want to be here. And it's like, and yeah, Jeff, you were saying before this, it's like our kids just, they're the only kids in the world that think Rooster Teeth is uncool. I like, was yeah. saying that, like, Millie, I had gave her the option of going home to do her homework or doing it here, and she's like, home, before I could get it out. She's like, <laughs> Millie wants nothing less than to hang out at Rooster Teeth. Mm. And I was saying that uh, for our kids, they're probably the only kids on earth that Rooster Teeth is the most boring place. Well, it's because it's your parents. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, yeah. And you don't want to hear about your parents in any regard at school. I like, you just don't want your parents no. to be notable. I don't uh, like, envy them at all. I can't imagine what that's like. When I was a kid... Uh, I didn't even have like what your experience. I had no idea what my mom and dad did for a living. Mm. You know, I knew my mom worked in banks. She did something with banks. But I didn't give a fuck. You know, my and parents were teachers in my high school. That was tough. Yeah, and so I just That's those rough. worlds never intersected. Yeah, for me, my dad was a well-liked teacher, and my mom didn't have. She taught English as a second language, so not a lot of the kids in my group, you know, mm. had ever had the opportunity to have my mom as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. my mom was a teacher, and I. We purposely abo avoided me going to the same school. She, my, was what she was teaching. I was in my, my dad's class. You guys all had parents. Yeah, my mom was a teacher, parents. but she mm -hmm. she always went to she was always teaching in schools where my sister was. My sister was four years younger, so it's like mm -hmm. when I was in middle school, she was teaching elementary where my sister was. Then I moved to high school. My mother moved to middle school. How is Lady mm -hmm. Einstein doing? 
Your sister, I mean. <laughs> What's her? What? They call her Lady Einstein. She's she's awesome. <laughs> I feel like there was a sarcastic nickname. No. I, I get the feeling. I like a sister. She's yeah, great. she's fine. No, but it's, it's a real thing. I don't even like. I don't, honestly don't even like talking about it, just because I don't want to like <sighs> speak on the kid's behalf in any no. way. You know what I mean? It's like one of those weird things. Like even mentioning. I know one thing I've always been happy about is that Teddy. Loves this podcast. He's he was gonna come here today because he didn't want me to do the last one, but it's mom's birthday today, so he's got to do some stuff with her. He and he loves being in the RTAs, which I've always been very mm. appreciative of because like sometimes the story is tell him about her silly and call him a little fucker and stuff like that. Yeah, he, he's always loved that and loves being part of the RTAs. Well, so. Teddy, if you want to take over your dad's seat, uh, just email me. I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can handle that. That'd be crazy. I get Teddy's thing. I'm pushing him towards now is he's big into League of Legends, and I'm just like, dude, you live in a house. Where one of the how one of the rare houses in the world getting less rare. Where if you want to go into esports and train to do this, I will figure out a way to help you do this. Like I see this as a very viable career. Matt knows he's like playing that's with his child, kid online all the time. That's child labor. It is <laughs> a little bit, a little bit child labor. <laughs> you know, no, no they are every night. Go up there and they're playing League of Legends. League is still it's big, crazy. Huh? It's still yeah. I don't know people. how he got into it. I I, I, I was figured that because that that being a. A game with a declining population. But I thought still, it was too. Until... Every game though, every game should eventually decline to nothing. Right? Yeah, but League and Dota, I, I feel like are just as big as ever, and it's there's just wow. worlds that I don't ever intersect in. You know, like, we don't do. Did I ever play? I don't think I've ever played a single game of League. I think I played Dota once or twice. I've hmm. never played Dota. I've played. I've done like two Let's Plays. I even League asked Teddy about Dota since he's playing League of Legends. I thought, how'd you reach this conclusion hmm. to play this game? Did you play Dota? He goes, I would play Dota. Like he already had like this <laughs> like strong line in the sand of just like nah, it's all League, man. Gross. He was, he was playing Siege for a long time, was really good at it. I was yeah, trying to convince great. him to do that. but uh, Yeah, what happened there? They were all into that for a long time, and then they made a hard switch to League. I'm going to take Teddy to the finals for... We're going to watch the League finals, which are in early November. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the That's World awesome. Finals. Because I just want to get him excited about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I had to say that kids have to rebel against their parents, too. Like, we had a similar thing where Millie was so into Overwatch and was really quite good. Mm. And uh, I remember I talked to her and I was like, do you, is this something you want to pursue? Is this a career you want to pursue? I could get you a trainer. I could, and the second I did that, she stopped playing. Uh, she was like, eh. Yeah. I'm I think like, the worst right, thing in my kid's off. life is that I know all the memes. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's, to them, it's like so fucking disappointing on a regular basis. They, they have no secret conversation, no yeah. language they can use. Or just, you know, it's just like, you know, parents don't, parents aren't cool. You should just use old memes around them like, uh. Invisible sandwich and like all Bad the Brian long dancing baby. <laughs> yeah. Send them to this and those to them all the time. What are they called? The Fucking animals? 20 year old memes. Emotion animals, what were they called? Lolcats? No, they had a name for Emotion them. Animals. Before they were memes, they were called something. Lolcats? No, but they had like business cat and everything. It wasn't Lolcats. Lolcat. <laughs> I, listen to me. I'm like, in the days of like, Let me tell you, emotional and everything. animals. What's, what's it called? Somebody's got to know. Are you saying advice animals? Is advice that animals. That's it. Oh. Advice animals. That's what they were called. Fuck you. And Rage Comics. Lolcats. Yeah, lolcats. We're called lolcats and dancing babies. Oh, so the so Eric just sent me some stuff. The League of Legends World Championship prize pool this past year was about six point four million dollars. Whoa. The Dota Two International Prize Pool is thirty four million dollars. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. For a game that I don't know that I've ever seen Dota. Like I know the name. I can't think of the logo. I don't know that I've ever seen uh, the actual game. It's like the OG though, right? It was a community thing. Yeah. It was a community thing that came out of Warcraft yes. and then was bought by Valve. Yes. And turned into a separate game. That's kind of a fascinating path. Mm -hmm. I believe it like, was a branch off of Warcraft 3, yeah. I want to say. It, which is fascinating to me because it's like, that's a miss by Blizzard, right? Which probably wasn't something they were into at the time. Yeah, you're right. Eventually later they tried to do uh, Here's Heroes the of the Storm. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I think they... 
They sunsetted? Did they? I played it. It was fun. It was I fun. had Dota. Heroes of the Storm. That's the MOBA I played the most. Was Heroes of the I just Storm. Listen, really? say, say, listen, Microsoft had Griffball. I think I probably played Smite the most. They let somebody else mm. make Rocket League, and they had Griffball mm. sitting right there, man. They had it. Microsoft. They had it in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Microsoft will be okay. I hope they're going to make you it. You blow it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're slowing down Heroes of the Storm development. They said um, they're shutting down the Global Championship 2019 esports season, and they're just scaling it down. Mm. So it seems like they're refocusing on other things that are working better. But Teddy was like playing Counter Strike for a while, which is like, and that's apparently a whole still massive like community behind that. We showed that CS:GO. Yeah, that's that graph of usage, and it was CS:GO was right at the top behind something until PUBG showed up. Oh, the, and then PUBG yes, took over everything. Yeah. Go, by the way, going back to the discussion about like creative ideas or whatever, mm. I had to point out to the guys of like who they were like. Can we do anything about this? It's like, can we do anything about it? Did you not see when Fortnite just basically they made an announcement video that said, hey, we really like PUBG a lot. So we're going to make our own battle royale genre game. And then they made it and made what hundreds of billions <laughs> just, of dollars. They changed a game that had just come out and they right. added it. Right. Yep. They added the mode because it's a mode. It's like mode right. is like it's, genre. It's not Fortnite. It's Fortnite Battle Royale. Right. It's a mode. Right. Yeah. So it's like once because you can't do that. It's like if there's you can't copyright an idea. That's the, the, the what they always say. It's all about the execution. If the execution's too similar, then you can say, yeah, but the idea, they can just take it. What was the game that PUBG iterated on from... King of the Kill? Yeah, King of the Kill. What was that? Or, What's that game? Same team, though. It's not... It was the same team. It was the same guy. Yeah. It was player yeah. unknown. Mm. He, he just took it and made it somewhere else. But that other game... And then they tried to rebound for a while. We did some Let's Plays on it. I can't think of that. It's King of the Kill, but... H1Z1? H1Z1. Thank yeah. you. Yep. H1Z1. Yeah. I had Arma stuck well, in my Well, at the end of the day, yeah, they're, thinking, I was, I was thinking they're all called Battle Royale for a reason. Yeah. They're inspired by Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Freddie Wong pointed out, it's like, who would have thought that that movie would be one of the most influential films of our generation? Yeah, no kidding. And it really is. Yeah. It really is. The influence that that movie has had. It had a, a long incubation, too. It was like a huge cult hit. Everyone right. knew about it. And then, like, just all of a sudden, it's like, oh, let's make Battle Royale games. Let's make that a thing. You know, I watched it for the first time, like, six months ago. I'd no, wait. I, I showed you that fucking movie when we lived together. We never watched it together. We, we absolutely did. We watched did. a lot of movies we together. We fucking rented it at Vulcan Video. I fucking showed you the DVD of That's, Battle Royale. You may have shown me the cover of it. We never watched it You're together. You're breaking Darren, his heart. You are brave. This is I, held hands. <laughs> I watched a lot of stuff with you, but we never watched Battle Royale. We cried. Royale. I'd never, I'd never seen that. Okay. I've still never seen Ichi the Killer. That's another one in there. That, you ever seen that? Uh, what's the Korean movie with the sewer monster? The host? the host. Yeah, the host. Never so seen good. the host. Yeah, yeah. They named uh, the Alamo South Lamar. Uh, I was just about to say that. Uh, Bong Joon Ho uh, mm -hmm. theater after yeah. the, the guy what's who directed. That, what's the that host. movie about? The, the new, host. The new one. The new one. Oh, Parasite. Really good. Parasite. Parasite. The I trailer. Figure out that trailer. The trailer is very vague. And what I've heard is don't. Try to figure out what the movie's about. Go in with this little I've information. I've heard that about. Can. I feel like the opening with the uh, what, the, what am I trying to say? The 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 smoke when they're getting rid of all the bugs or whatever. The fumigating. The fumigating. Thank 420? you. Has got something at four twenty. Has got something to do with with what the movie is about. But that, that was a confusing ass trailer. I'm excited to see it. It comes out October 11th. I don't watch trailers anymore. I just saw two today. If you're in a theater, you see them though. Yeah. yeah. He closes his eyes. I don't go to a lot. I don't. Of I don't watch them he online. Goes to the bathroom. Yeah. I watched. Have you guys seen the trailer for The King's Man? I didn't even know they were making that. It's oh not a yeah. Part. It's a prequel. No. Yeah. Good. Make a new cool. Matrix movie. Yeah. Excuse me. Did you see that? Yeah. No, they're making. Carrie, they specifically didn't say Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. It's Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves are making a new Matrix movie. Oh. Yep. Mm. Hmm. You know, I almost worked on the Matrix. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that yeah. was. Uh, well, I had a I had a, a boss when I did visual effects who turned down. Two jobs for us that I, I still can't get over. One was The Matrix, but it was before 
Will Smith. It was, or no, it was when it was Will Smith instead of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And the other one was Lord of the Rings. And the answer, the reason he turned on both of them was, I don't want to go all that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's way on the others. That's like they're going to do that in Australia or somewhere. Oof. That's a long way to go. This episode of the Receipt Podcast is also brought to you by Dave. I want to talk about something annoying, something that hits you and you feel so dumb when it does. I'm talking about overdraft fees. How often do you pay attention to your bank account balance? The moment you see that you're going to be overdrawn, it's too late to do anything about it. So you end up spending $37 on a cup of coffee thanks to bank fees. So introducing the Dave app, it's putting an end to overdraft fees for good. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. You can get the Dave app for just $1 per month, that's $12 a year, which is way less than an overdraft fee, and you'll never have to pay one of those ever again. Dave will help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need cash fast, it can advance you $75 in just 90 seconds. Mark Cuban's an investor in Dave because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s and wants you to never pay an overdraft fee ever again. Uh, like there's something that could help everyone out there with those annoying bank fees. Uh, the times I wish uh, I would have had that when I was younger, it would have been great. Uh, go to dave.com slash rooster. It really helps the show if you let them know that you heard them here. Then download Dave. Never pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. So go now to dave.com slash rooster. Spelled just like it sounds. D-A-V-E. Dave.com slash rooster. Thank you, Dave, for sponsoring this episode of the Rooster Teeth Podcast. What? Listen, I mean, it's a fair reason to not want to do it. Not when you're 22. What, what were you gonna say about uh, Battle Royale? But he wasn't. True. You said you just watched it for the first time six months oh, ago. It was, it was Jeff and I good. watched it together oh. like ten years ago. <laughs> we held hands. I, I just enjoyed it. I, I, I haven't seen the sequel. There was a sequel too. Right? I never saw. I never saw. Yeah. Um, do you see that trailer? I know Bernie wouldn't have because he doesn't watch trailers. But uh, do you see the trailer for El Camino? Yes. It's out. Like. In any day, right? It's coming out soon. I haven't seen the trailer. The next week or the week after. Uh, yeah. I the, that when's, the, when's Joker coming? It's a, it's like out this week, like this week. Is it out? Yeah. Friday. I'm all paranoid about that. And the uh, worried about incel violence. Kingsman uh, audience is a is a prequel to the Kingsman. Yeah, it's got not Eggsy. It's got a Paladin. What's that? Yeah, Ray Fiennes is in it. Huh. He's like he, a Snape. No, he wasn't Snape. No, Who he, was played, he, in? he played Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Thank you. <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. Thank you. It's in Britain. One of those names. That's he all had the that same. part in Schindler's List, which is still one of the scariest Jesus. roles I've ever he, seen. He won an Academy Award for that, right? Uh, I want to say yeah. I believe he did. There's that mirror scene that he's got in that movie. Yep. It's one of the most terrifying things ever. Just like he's just... Just he plays was, a psychotic so well. That was adorable. What was that sci-fi movie he was in that was so good? That dude, I love Gattaca. No, I love when like no. big names are in, like low budget sci-fi. I love that. Like mm -hmm. Denzel Washington does a bunch of like random like low budget sci-fi. You can even count count like his Book of Eli in that. I just watched Looper the other day with Bruce Willis. It's mm. just like I love that stuff. Who's mm. your Who's your actor or actress that if you see them in a movie, it doesn't matter what it is, you'll watch? Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Ray really? Fiennes was nominated, but did not win that. Academy oh, what a bummer! That's a, that's a ripoff. For me, it's Denzel Washington. <laughs> like I know that if I any Denzel Washington movie is going to have, there's it's going to be of a level of quality that I can enjoy, and just getting to watch Denzel Washington is a treat. And if I'm being totally honest, Tom Cruise, I'll go watch Tom Cruise in anything. He doesn't make bad movies. He may does yeah, not dude. make bad movies. As long as Tom no. Cruise is running, you know, <laughs> you know, you're set. <laughs> yeah. That lived, I repeat. That's like a good example that's, of. That's a fantastic the, movie. It's a, such a fantastic movie. movie, and it's uh, the Swingers guy did that. Yeah, yeah. Doug, Lyman. Doug, Doug Lyman. Yeah. yeah would, someone say the uh, Born Identity guy. He would also have other I mean, stuff. Maybe he, he did. A, he did some things like between Swingers. Well, I. Uh, uh, Ray Fiennes lost to Tommy Lee Jones that year. 
The, oh, the fugitive. For the fugitive. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's a good role, though. No. He didn't compare to, to I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, Tommy Lee Jones is interesting because he's like he's got this thing now where he doesn't even really need to act because he just like is very still <laughs> in everything he does because people take so much of their thoughts and emotion about Tommy Lee Jones into whatever movie it is, so he can just like say things very slowly and stilly and not move. And you're like, that was an amazing. Yeah, performance. That's, like, that's exactly how. <laughs> but it, was. it actually is an amazing performance. He's just outthinking the audience. It's like uh, that's exactly how I would describe it, like in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, like he was amazing in that, but it, that's exactly what he it was. He just was yeah. there, and like there's that scene at the end where he's just the like reading the perfect. newspaper, and he does almost nothing. And you're like, that was unbelievable. Yeah, he just yeah. gives that, that, that. How did he figure that out? He gives that but speech it really dreams. So but it is it is true because the e like the easiest thing to do is well, the hardest thing to do is not overact. Yep, and he's just like so restrained. It's unbelievable. Did you uh, do you ever read much Cormac McCarthy? I know you're a voracious reader. Nah, his stuff is too. I, I am, and I should, but his stuff is, is too. It's just too. The themes are, are too difficult for it's me. It's too much like that last. It's scene in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, yeah. which Cormac McCarthy is. It's like it's rambling, and yes. then it ends, and you're like, "What the hell just what happened? happened?" And then yeah. later on, you're like, "Oh yeah, that was really powerful ending." Yeah, yeah. kind of sticks with you. Yeah. I love Cormac McCarthy. Like, I don't know if you remember this. We were in Boston, and you had just finished The Road. Is that what it's called, The Road? The yeah, Road, yeah. yeah. And you had me read the last chapter while we were waiting for our <laughs> Jesus. boss to pick us up or something. To be an <laughs> we were like, this is really good. Just read this. And I just read the last, like, eight pages. And I just fucking stood there next to you and just cried for, like, yeah. ten minutes waiting for They did for that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And Bernie's over there going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I finally. I it's finally actually weird because it's also. an upbeat ending. That's, I don't know why he cried <laughs> so much. It is. They sit down, they watch Battle Royale together, and, yeah. they hold and then it. doesn't remember it ten years later. <laughs> Do you know what more like twenty? What movie we saw this weekend? It was awesome. What's that? Downton Abbey. Was it good? It was so good. It was, was it? great. I never yeah. watched Downton Abbey. There was Abbey. so much kung fu. It was crazy. That was weird. I saw the. It was Downton Abbey. Colon Matrix Four. I thought yeah. the SNL skit about it was okay. No, it was, dude. That 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 whole thing that they figured out with that movie is just, or that whole show, is so weird because it's just like, remember when things were terrible for a lot of people, but you understood it. Wasn't that great, right? It's kind of is like make Britain great again. Yeah, is like the theme of that movie, but somehow they made it work. It's really weird. I watched. Did you? Were you a big fan of the show? What's going on with that country? Uh, I wouldn't know what is going on with that country. I mean, really, what's going on? I mean, we get America. We have where like we got the like the above the title guy with Donald Trump. Like right. everyone's paying attention to him. And you get but UK. It's a mess. British Donald Scotland's Trump. Scotland's going to leave there. the UK. I, what I was thinking about. So I was I was thinking about this last. Night. I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and this is what I woke like. I woke up like at four in the morning, and I was like, you know, the EU is really handling this well. No one's talking about like the EU really suffering. The EU is just like it's just maintaining. Well, they're all laughing. It's like, right? I mean, it's kind of hilarious. It's like at, at least at least you're not the UK. Yeah. No. I just like that dude because he got shut down Wait, so Johnson? hardcore. Is he gonna end uh, up getting having to resign or get removed for lying to the Queen? Yeah, that's crazy, right? I don't know. Do people do that now? I mean, is that to thing? resign? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, ever since Clinton, it's just like people can just like. Just keep saying nah, nah, nah. Motherfucker. Yeah, I, but the, the the queen is like his boss, like he's her mouthpiece. So she she according to Gavin, who looked it up, he she could kill him if she wanted to. No nice. shit. Yeah, she's the only person in England who who can commit murder. Uh, it wouldn't be murder, just commit death. She's to a, a tough person. old lady. That's yeah. crazy. She can give death. She can give death. She can. That'd be scary. Death. That'd be scary if she could order the death. Yeah, but then what, Ga yeah. what Gavin said was that the reason she doesn't exercise those powers is. 
then there's, there's nothing, nothing to stop the rest of the country from coming after her. Yeah. That's why she's the most important piece on the chessboard. Fair enough. She got that power to kill. From she no matter was, where she, she was is. in every direction. She she was everywhere. Right. Limber. For her age, you wouldn't know yeah, it. Yeah, you wouldn't know it. It's crazy. <laughs> Boris, like, can't get me. I'm on a diagonal. She's that's like, right. what her, corgi, her corgis are like raptors. They come around the side. He's like a piece it. that's yeah. got to move two spaces and three spaces over. And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, but I, gotcha. I kind of, I don't know. Everything's, everything's like, just like, it's crazy time. Do you think <sighs> we'll actually leave? Do you think Brexit will actually happen? It has to. I don't think it will. At this point, I don't don't think it's going to happen. I also, Trump is not going to get impeached. He's going to get reelected. Or even if he does, he's going to get reelected by the House. He'll get impeached, impeached, but not convicted. convicted. That's what happened to I don't think it'll be a significant margin. I think it'll be a larger margin than he. That he won this last election. Well, that's it. Remember, Bush. Bush came back and like was like he's gone for sure. At the re-election, and he won by what seven percent or five seven percent yeah. like that. Was it that close? It was. It was a big lead. Like it was enough to to where it was not nearly as. Close. I mean, the one with Al Gore, they were down to like God. looking at paper ballots in Florida. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I just he, can't he imagine like five percent. Like fast over the course forward, of the Iraq War somehow. Four years. If we still have Giuliani and Trump in our lives, hmm? they're just going to be like openly huffing paint like on national TV. It was five million. They can't votes. get any crazier than they are now. Three million, Three million votes. But do you remember though he was talking about how he has political capital now mm-hmm. because he won by such a wider margin for the re-election? I think about, I got political capital and I'm gonna spend it. Remember he kept saying that? Yeah, I oh yeah. That, yeah. I oh. think we can all agree that no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on, Rudy Giuliani is unhinged. He's lost his mind. Yeah. It's crazy to He's watch. He's lost his mind. He it's really, really is. Like, and not even I don't even mean that like comically. He was it's America's like, mayor. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. It's amazing to to watch that 180. Yeah. Uh have you ever seen that series on Netflix Abstract? Abstract now. It's, uh, they have it's so. a lot of um, stuff about design, and mm. they have this one episode where they talk about um, God. I forget the woman's name. She's uh, really big in uh, uh, in typography. But anyway, Victoria uh, Jackson. No, but she talks <laughs> about Trumpy. the design of the Florida ballots that happened. Oh, how you bad know, they were! How bad they were! And they interview the woman who designed the ballots for Florida, and it was just like. I, this is all the space I had. I figured I would stagger the names and have it in the middle. It's like I can see now that it's confusing, and it's just like this this weird thing you wouldn't think about, like this just the way the ballot was laid out, just a design choice, maybe through the maybe election. Through election, yeah, yeah. And the, the woman who designed the ballot, I believe, in that in that episode, she's like, yeah, I I I, I wonder about that all the time. Like if the the design I chose for a ballot uh, changed the outcome of a presidential mm. election. Rough. It's interesting. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer. Oh, baby's all asleep. She's gonna, he's gonna give me the baby. I can like say hi to the baby. I saw the that. Can we fly that baby in? Fly the baby. Speaking of flying babies, Japan Airlines is gonna have a map now. When you book a flight on Japan Airlines, it shows you where where babies are on the plane. What? That was the best transition I have or segue I have ever he's seen in a podcast. Head from where he's been. That was Sweet really guys. good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was ready. Very good. What? Were you waiting? Did they you have a map? Up waiting well, for I knew I wanted to bring it up sir? at some point, and then she said, "Fly a baby," and I was like, "Oh, well, that's perfect." That's great. They've got a map on the plane where babies. Where, are? When you book your flight, you can know how close you are to a baby. A baby, I think, between eight months and two years, or something like that. You have really? Yeah, so you can see, you know, if you're sitting next next to one. You because if you see a human baby on a plane, that's a big problem. But an emotional support horse. Have you seen this? <laughs> Go on. Emotional support horse. No. Somebody brought it on a fucking plane. I don't believe no. that. Look up emotional support horse. Is it an advice animal? No. Is it an emotional animal? This is going to be one of the funniest pictures you'll ever fucking see in your life. What is this? 
<laughs> this this, this <laughs> got But human babies. Our own offspring are a problem, but people are going on fucking planes with this horses. Is, this has got to be photoshopped. Nope, there it is. Emotional support horse. Oh, it's a baby horse. It's a miniature horse. Emotional yeah. support miniature horse. No. Yep. This is hospitals back there. No, this is terminal too. Damn. I'm sorry. I'm yelling right. <laughs> I'm holding the baby. <laughs> Shh. Shh. This is the last time I promise. Chat is uh, very happy to see the baby. I saw oh, somebody flying with a pot-bellied pig not too long ago. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh. And on, were we on the same plane? No, they were just in the terminal waiting to get on the oh. plane. I, I got on a different plane. That's crazy. Uh, I was with the Rooster Mommy, people. It was, uh, we were flying back from something. Thank you for bringing him to see me. You want to say hi? Ashley's recovered really. Ashley's uh, taken. <laughs> oh my god. Go. That was not it, but. But no. seriously, it's like. So they're showing a picture of what, what looks like a bee, a gigantic pig that a woman is somehow carrying. Maybe she's going to get hungry on the flight. Maybe it was a long flight and no meal service. There you go. Hi, little boo. Hi, buddy. <laughs> mm. Terrible. His pacifier is hanging out there. Problem with the emotional support <laughs> animal kind of thing as a concept, but can you name anything? Like, could you have an emotional support raccoon? Dude, if we're at horses, yes. as long as a, a bat, there's a certification process. If we're at horses, you I mean, we're there. A raccoon? What, what? I don't know. What. You know what? Or a possum? I, you prove that they don't have diseases. You just, you just gave me a great idea. What? Can I name like Gus as an emotional support animal, and then he just gets to go on a plane with me? Why not? Emotional support Emotional Gus. support human. Emotional yeah. support. This is my emotional support human, and he has to go on a flight with me. Because I don't think they bought a seat for the pig. Or no. They? I, was on a, I was on board with a, somebody who had emotional support dog that was like a giant dog. It was like a big lab. What happened? she was in the middle seat. It was ridiculous. Uh, uh, we missed some big poo by like 30 Aww. seconds. Apparently. Nice. So, let's poo in our lives. Whew. Well, watching... watching Ashley and the baby, it's just amazing. There's like nothing more pure than mother's love. It's just like the baby just like, he just like locks into her and stares at her and stares at her and stares at her, you know, for hours at a time. It's like, it's just amazing, you know? And she's like, she's like his whole world. Like she's his comfort, his food, everything. Like she, de he depends on her for every single thing in his life. It's fucking amazing. It sounds amazing pretty good. Process. Yeah, right? I also love milk drunk babies. Milk trunks like milk trunk is amazing. When the baby gets enough, like filled up with warm milk, and then they're just like. It must be weird raising a kid though, at this stage, versus, you know, fifteen years ago. How long was it? What, what's told? Seventeen. Yeah. JD, yeah. Yeah. Because I, mean, I mean, it's the same age as Rishi. Because now you have like things like they have automated, like baby rockers and stuff like that. With hmm? a remote and Bluetooth and crazy well, hey, shit, that, that right? shit with a spring that you'd wind up and it would click, 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 right. click. Uh, yeah. The right. shit that Michael shows me routinely that they have for their kids is like li they're living in the future. It's it pretty was only nuts. Like fifteen, four, Mill Millie's fourteen, so it's like fourteen most, years ago. I think taking care of a, a baby with mechanical stuff is the most Jetsons shit we have. Yeah, like we didn't get much Jetsons shit, you know. We got a bunch of other weird shit, uh, but like when you have like a, a rocker that is like. Automated and you can turn it on and off at you know with a Bluetooth with your phone. That's yeah. that's pretty crazy. Yeah, although I, I, I'm more conscious of it now The baby in the house, but it's like does everything really need to broadcast a Bluetooth signal or a Wi-Fi signal like everything in my house Like I wonder if you took like a scope and could see the waves. In yeah, your you house think they're can that cancer beams? Like. I don't know. I just like you know, I see those pictures from the 50s Everyone's in a nightclub and everybody's fucking smoking while Frank Sinatra's on stage. Yeah, and then it's like twenty years later, like, oh yeah, stuff will kill you. It's like, well, of course, of course, that and was our, gonna kill you. And ours is gonna be Ed Sheeran and Bluetooth. <laughs> That's just terrible. And vaping, like they're just coming around now. Vaping is breathing oil into your lungs. That shouldn't oil. be a surprise. Nobody was surprised by this. Nobody was surprised by it. But will you be surprised? Would you be surprised if? 
20 years from now, they said, oh, everyone has brain tumors now because they held a radio transceiver up to their head on a regular basis. No. So, I, 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 Anna made a vaping post that was uh, controversial because we have a, 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 a family. Well, we had a, because a lot of people like, you know, yelling at her about the post online that because we have a, a, a family member who's younger in his 20s, early 20s and did the vaping thing is one of those people that you hear about that got the weird lung disease. Uh, and was in like the, the oil pocket in his lung. Kind of yeah, he had, he had permanent is. lung damage. And from, they don't know what vaping. it is. They're just trying to figure out what it is. Right. And so she made this cautionary post, and the, a lot of people responded with, you know, don't tell me what to do, kind of basically was, yeah. was the response, yeah. you know. That's Which it. I get, you know. I mean, yeah. but just like, but you would you ra- warn people. wouldn't would you, you rather know? Wouldn't you rather have the information? Right. Right. Just wouldn't be informed you rather, about what it is that you're wouldn't doing? Wouldn't you rather know? Well, we, we see that all the time. It's like we talked about this in a couple podcasts ago, or I guess it's been a while since on the podcast, but it's this Greta Thornburg's been in the news all over the place. That's the other thing, too. It's like someone can say something about climate change, and people have a very visceral reaction to it. It's Dude. Like, like, I compost all my stuff. It's like, well, I'm not going to do that. It's a waste of time, and here's why it's a waste of time for you. It's like, just come on. Let people do what they I'll want go, to do. I'll go you one further. I'll sell you a plastic straw. Right. I, I had the weirdest experience of the day. A guy rolled coal at me. Mm. I was in. Did you have an electric car? I have an electric car. I'm driving my electric car, not thinking anything about it. And he's coming the, uh, the other way down the street. He slows a big truck. He slowed down next to me and rolled coal and then kept going, which was, it was very clear that he had done it to like be next to me in order to set it off. And I'm like, how does that improve your day? Yeah. You know, yeah. like what is better about your life now after having done it? I just don't get it. It's just a really like, Weird mentality, like it's not going to help you. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help any anybody. Well, why does it make? I don't know think why it makes you feel an Electric car, weirdo. I, I guess. Yeah, like <laughs> it's and, so and, odd. And it, at, at at his core, does he have an issue with you caring well, about? The, I don't know. The, the thing I wonder but is it's like the same thing so as the like, Greta You're not using thing. any more gas, right? So there should be more gas for him, right? Yeah, and so more, like, <laughs> yeah, and more coal. I guess. I mean, it, then. Well, maybe like, you're taking his coal because uh, maybe we have a coal power plant. Oh, okay. That's the thing. I'm shutting down coal plants. Yeah. That's what it is. It always comes oh, up to jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. That's the thing. But that I, I don't think he was a coal miner because he was in Austin. That matters. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Yeah. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Jobs the most important thing. Got to yeah. have a job. Job, job, job. And it's like anything that takes jobs or kills jobs, 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 jobs. But it's like you know, we, we have other jobs. <laughs> right. We have other jobs. And it's like a lot of people who want to shut down coal plants would also be the same people who would invest in re-education so that people go off and find new careers in like solar or wind or something like that. Right. No. Don't vote for those guys. Yeah. Vote for the guys that are gonna keep the coal plant open. Yeah. Even though guess you what? Know, there's a lot of other, not gonna keep the coal other plant jobs open. we have. You used to have uh, uh switchboard operators. Yeah. Right? We don't have switchboard operators anymore. I don't think anybody's it, too upset about it. Was it CGP Gray who did the video about how um we'll get to a point where Humans don't have to work anymore, and you have to have like a, yeah, post, a living wage. Post employment, yeah. Right, and, he yeah. T- and the, the example he gave was horses. Like horses used to have to work all the time. Like you would, you know, have to ride them for transportation. You have to use them to plow fields, and uh, now horses are unemployed. Well, they're, 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 like, they're, sure. they're permanent well, vacation. Right. Yeah. Like, like now horses have leisure time. Like I, I, I thought about this the other day. I was driving down the road, and it was like a horse in a in a in a trailer being pulled by a truck. I was like, that fucking horse hasn't made. Yeah. Like a hundred years ago. That horse would have been pulling the equivalent of the truck. Right. Like now, it's riding in the back of a truck. It's like it's got its head out the little window, looking around. It's like spoiled ass horse. Man, wish I was that horse. Yeah, I wish he had, I had the Don't perspective of going back and like I, I guess we could read old newspapers from like 150 years ago or 100 years ago and be like, oh, the the wagon wheel industry is really pissed off about cars because all the wagon wheel repairmen are out of businesses now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just also like 
I don't know. Some of these jumps are just like they're, they're bad jobs. They're not. That's what yeah. I was say. It's why like, do you want to go get cancer? Why do you want to be in, in a, the coal mine, mine? Right? It makes yeah. no sense. I you know the um, you know the the mentality is that that's what they've done. They don't sure. They don't know sure. what what else and they it, can do. And it's and that's part of it, right? It's fear, the unknown, not knowing what else you can do after you've been doing that for 15, 20 years. It'd be, sure. it'd be like if I had and to stop doing this after 16 years and I had to go start mining coal. I'd be like, well, I'm fucking terrified of that. 100%. Right. You know, we talked yeah. about... And I think it's, I it's probably easy for people who have uh, jobs that aren't in jeopardy because of the advance of technology to talk about things like this in a cavalier way. Um, but, you know, like as a society, we should all be trying to get the best jobs for people who need to work, yeah. not something where you fucking kill yourself, you know, to... Do something that's outdated and hurts everybody else in the process. Right. Yeah. What What is the the purpose and of the that? And the same people that make sense. fun of people in China, like jumping off buildings because they're in a factory where they're doing the same thing every day. You know what I mean? Like, yes. look at China. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like, is it how how much different is that on the scale? Yeah. You know. And yeah. It's like if we had those jobs in America, you'd be fighting to keep those. Too. We're we're trying to get those back. Right. We're trying to get those jobs. We we, we want to manufacture things in the yeah. United States. It's just yeah. It's and it's hard. It's it's really hard when. You live with something that's such a basic part of life, like being employed. It's hard to imagine the world without it because you imagine just how you can only right. imagine the, the this the world, world you're if in. your job goes away or if everybody's job went away overnight. And that, but going to a thing where we don't have jobs and we just all have a basic income is something that's going to probably happen. Well, think, not from like advancements in technology for energy and stuff like that, just automation. You yeah, know? don't you think you know, all the like, transportation jobs are about to go away? Yeah, I'm not saying I like I'm, I'm particularly supporting Yang or any other, other candidates, but don't you think he's like, like way out in front of of this issue just generally mm-hmm. like he's the only one that's talking about automation like being the thing that really threatens just what our culture and our society is just generally and we have to come to terms with that and if you look at like income is he the alibaba guy alibaba no 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 oh, uh, andrew yang the, oh, the, oh, the presidential candidate, candidate right? john ma is that the oh, oh the guy who had the thing with elon musk yeah elon they, musk they started phone. raising the flag on population collapse yeah which well, is i think it's a thing you know. Jack Ma. Jack, Jack Ma. Ma, thank you. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, we, Freddie Wong had a great tweet we talked about before. I think it was Freddie, where he said, I, I'm old enough to remember when uh, robots taking over people's jobs was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just the disruption that's hard. It is, but it's a natural progression. It's like the same thing we were talking about is you want progress, but, but it's change that makes progress possible. Right. People don't like change. They yep. do, do not like change. I just I feel bad for you. I don't like dude. having an empty glass. You know, it's a great... It's not working for me. <laughs> We're talking about this guy, Al Snow, and how people can, like, really summarize things and make a really salient point. I think one of the things that, like, is a really important thing people should watch is SNL did a sketch uh, for Black Jeopardy with Tom Hanks on it that's totally distilled down, like, what does the urban disenfranchised voting population has so much in common with the white, rural, disenfranchised population, and they don't see it. They're not allowed to, like, mm. share their experience. And Tom Hanks is on Black Jeopardy. He's wearing, like, a MAGA hat and everything. But he's really good at Black Jeopardy because he understands all the questions. And yeah. has a, it's just a great sketch. It's such a great sketch. It was last season, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. older than that. Like, I, think I think it's pretty old. Three or four yeah. seasons ago now? And I just wish, I really wish people could see that. I really wish could see people could see how similar their problems are and what the causes of those problems are and maybe just maybe a billionaire is not going to solve the problem of a dude who's scratching by no paycheck to paycheck you know what's a, a a great way to get some perspective is to read a book that was written 75 a novel 
that was written 75 to 150 years ago. It's just any novel. And you'll realize every problem those people had is identical to the problems we have right now. Tuberculosis? Yeah, sure. Well, now, yeah, because people are yeah, fucking anti vaxxers. Um, well, John Steinbeck said he described Americans as a population of temporarily embarrassed millionaires. That's what the poor in America are, like in the Depression. Yeah. They were all going to be millionaires, and they right. couldn't believe they were going through this. So we need to protect millionaires because eventually I'll be one. Right. One it's day. Mm. Steinbeck says. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. I'm reading, uh, I've been reading it forever because I've been too busy to read lately, but I'm reading Crime and Punishment right now, which takes place in Russia in the eight, late 1800s. And it's like every issue, like running from the landlord, like going out the window because you don't want to go by the landlord who's going to be looking for your rent and like yeah. scrounging around trying to convince people to buy you beer. It's all the same day-to-day -day problems that these people have that people have today. And it's like, it's amazing how much the world has changed since 1885, but how little the world has changed since 1885. Yeah. This Side of Paradise uh, is... Uh, um, uh, not J.D. Salinger, uh, who wrote uh, Grey Gatsby? Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote a semi-autobiographical novel uh, about his college days that takes place at the turn of the century. It takes place during World War I. And uh, it's called This Side of Paradise. And you read that, and it sounds like you're reading a journal or a diary of a 19-year-old going to college in 2019. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah. And that's part of why I like to read, and I, I read so much older stuff. It's like it reminds you how little things change. How, how similar we all are and how similar we've been at our core for a very long time. Well, I do think there's something that's outpaced everything else, which is like the goals of politicians and the way that politics works has seems like consistent for millennia, like going back to Roman times. Yeah. Right? But if you look at that, like what the masses, the people who really put these people in power, what they've had to deal with, go back to the the term bread and circuses, right? That that's what keeps the populations just mm. happy. Bread and circuses the curve on that has been nuts, like going through to religion, going through then to television. Now the internet, I mean, nothing holds a candle to that. Like yeah. I really think the internet is, and this is something I, I'm always thinking about when we do what we do. You know, I think about the uh, This Is America video with Donald Glover. It's like mm -hmm. that, those people dancing in the foreground. It's like it's so easy to like just think you're dealing with an issue or having the impact. Like you talk about people from hundreds of years ago. There would be revolutions and, you know, they would take people out and – Cut their heads off with guillotine and stuff like that. It's not going to happen now. It's not because people will like something on Facebook. They'll get that, like, reaction that they've done something yep. and they haven't done something. Or there'll yeah. be something new. Like, this Hong Kong thing is amazing to me. It's like, it's so crazy that JD is graduating high school with this Hong Kong thing going on. And it's exactly the same time, my senior year, when Tiananmen, Tiananmen Square, Square was right. happening. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's like, in two years, no one will talk about this. Yeah. It won't matter. It's kind of unbelievable how smart they are, too. Like, if you... Watch what the protesters are doing with destroying the tear gas mm -hmm. in those canisters, and they taking down the the uh, facial recognition cameras and all those things. Like the type of uh, of of uh, I don't know what do you what you call it? What warfare? Basically, the protest is on a completely different level uh, with today's technology, and and you think of like China being this kind of like oppressive totalitarian state and the fact that there are these kids, young people, who are out there kind of like figuring out ways to to fight back on some of the stuff that seems monolithic and impossible mm -hmm. to stop. I don't know. Like in some ways it gives me hope even though the situation have, is is terrible. Have you seen the thing where um, now as the protesters are being arrested, they'll, uh, they'll start shouting their name because they know they're being filmed so that way they know like that that's I'm who it was and away. they're being taken into the system <laughs> yeah. so that way they can't be 
Well, if they're uh, lost, I also, then there's some accountability. Is that on both sides? Like they hit him with water cannons so, that have blue dye in them now, so they can find them later. Right, but then yeah. the other people yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. But, I also um, saw they had the the police are dressing up as protesters now. Right. That was a scary image. Not, and it, it's one of those things. It's once you see it, it's like, of course. Yeah. It's there's nothing like to me more frightening than when conspiracy theories are then suddenly true. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it's like cops, they were dressed as protesters and they got found out and they get out their batons and they're dressed like protesters with batons and guns and everything else. Well, there's and, something about the the, the, dis, the dishonesty of it mm -hmm. that's unsettling. It's unfair, you, you know, say? it's just like, well, the protesters are out there. We're, we're protesting. We're being straightforward about what we want. And the other side can show up and try to stop them. But to show up and be deceptive about it, or like not, not, Carry out their side of the argument, you know, honestly is is uh, is scary. I wonder about that a lot in uh, In comments I read online not just about our stuff, but about anything any any anything I read in general Like whether it's a news site or yep. any video. It's like who is the person behind this comment? Is this someone working the agenda of this thing that I read yeah, right. or is it someone who's working an opposing agenda who's posing just like as I, hey, I'm just another person who's come across this article like so I have to read Everything online that uh, that is user generated with a huge grain of salt. It's mm -hmm. like there is no accountability for this. I don't know if this person's working for or against the thing that I just looked at. Yep, it's it's really scary. It is scary. Okay, so last year in 2018 was the first time this happened, but it's like growing in number, which is we're having unmanned drones taking down unmanned drones in war zones, and it's like one of those things. It's like. Can't just ignore when that's going by. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's now that's a crazy thing. It's like there's there's robots killing robots. That's, like that's a, the start of Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a yeah. it's a Will Smith movie. <laughs> it's a future Will Smith movie. Mm. It's nuts. God, I think about that all the time. Like one of the things I won't miss about my web influencer life is some stuff that I had to do. And I, one of the things I won't miss is like being involved directly. I think with YouTube on that side, like the YouTube Creator Summit and stuff like that. I always left that feeling like, man, just like how crazy powerful that room is with 200 of the top creators. And it's always like, I know that like if a computer algorithm, if a little flag is changed in that algorithm, all 200 of these people will change what they're doing. If like, if this computer algorithm decides a video should be eight minutes, all of our content is eight minutes long. And there's a powerful group of people. In that's the, the real yeah. matrix right there. I mean, that's, I mean you just described achievement in the last 10, 11 years, playing that YouTube algorithm. And you like modify what you're doing, right? Yeah. Based on what the, al the algorithm is going to reward. It's, it's not just that. It's also uh, computer stock trading. You know, most oh, right. yeah. stock trading is algorithmic. There is, yeah. like, there's very few people still making those decisions. It's like, this number moved down, this number moved up, I'm gonna sell or I'm gonna buy. It's like millions or billions of dollars change hands because an algorithm thought, oh, this is, this is the time to, to execute yeah. this. I remember even as a kid, I'd hear on the news, like, well, it's down, you know, 10 points in after hours trading. Like, what is after hours <laughs> What, I was a kid, I was fascinated by like, who has access to after hours? Like, as a kid, I'm like, that's not fair if someone can trade after hours. Mm -hmm. It just didn't make any sense. Again, yeah. So we had a stock sale. I did one of the movies I watched this weekend. I watched. I was going to watch two minutes of it and then watch the whole thing. Is Primer? What a fucking God. great! Oh movie. my God! I was yeah. just thinking about that. What a great movie, man! I was just recommending it to Lewis. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Primer's such a great film. Such a great movie. Dallas, yeah, really. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dallas, like for like five grand or those, something. Like that. What did those guys do yeah. after that? Anything? He uh, made upstream the, color. Yes. Yep. Upstream color. Upstream color. I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. Any good? I thought I thought it was interesting. It wasn't nearly as like viscerally impacting as. Is it primer or primer? What do you say? Primer. Primer. I said primer. So yeah. I said primer. Yeah. Primer. I, I think it's supposed to be primer, but you know. It's but primer. we say it correctly. I feel like I'm saying it wrong either way. <laughs> You'll be fine. 
Maybe five. All right, it's about time to wrap this up. You want to cool. wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap this up. Congratulations on your career. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Here at the end. Any yeah. Gus, any thoughts for me? I, I, Gus, you in particular, I really wonder how much I'm going to see you after this. Because is it fair to say 98% of our interaction takes place on this podcast? Yes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, we, or, we text. But usually in relation to the podcast. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to talk about this, or I send you just like a link An to something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I will say, we have started getting lunch together on a regular basis. We'll continue that's that, been right? Nice. Oh, no, that's out too. <laughs> well, we are going to continue to get lunch together. You're more than welcome to come. I, I'm going to be Twitch streaming during that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Chain to the desk. Well, it's fun. Being, a, being a, a, a web influencer was a lot of fun. And it's one of those things, it's like, just like at the top of this when I said that people will often say, hey, I'm not going very far away. And I'm not calling anyone in particular. Everyone does this because it's like usually people are involved with a big brand. Ray did it when he left Achievement Hunter. Bruce did it when he when he moved on from Funhouse. It's, you should say that. It's like, yeah. you know, I'll be around because you don't want people to get scared about the thing you helped right. build. But I also think it's important, too. Like I was going to say this to Bruce at the time. It's like it's OK to pause and like say this is this is the end of a thing and this is good and this thing was good and there'll be something new later. You don't have to pretend, not pretend, but just insinuate that it's gonna continue. Yeah. Likewise, I've also learned in my life, don't ever say never or say, I'm, you know, I'm never gonna do this again. I'm never gonna, because, you know, two years from now, I'd be like, I need to do this. Jeff asked me at dinner last night. He goes, you're gonna miss the outlet, you know, for on a weekly basis to be able to talk to a lot of people and share your thoughts and... At the last night, I was like, no, no, no. But maybe in two years, maybe that'll be happening. Well, I, I think I think yeah. you're going to be able to share your thoughts in a different way. Yeah, you know, going forward, like you know, putting your uh, uh, cool ideas and themes and things you want to say into to new pieces. Not doing what you're doing now, but that's going to be awesome too. We got a little baby crying. And the, yeah, the baby, the baby, like, someone's like very cute. unhappy about it. Yeah, he's unhappy about this being my last podcast. Oh. But I always think too. I always, I've always said this. I have a retirement idol. Mm. Remember uh, who my retirement idol is? It me, John. <laughs> it's fucking Johnny, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. <laughs> Johnny Carson should be everybody's retirement idol. Anyway, it's just like maybe I, not living life idol, but retirement idol. And while I'm not, I'm not retiring. You know, it's I, I'm still going to go on and work on projects. It's like this. I feel like this part of my career is over. This part of it. And it's like to paraphrase what he says. Like enormous privilege, enormous honor for people to welcome you into their lives and it's been a very great privilege for me to be sitting in this seat for 10 years and I hope you'll welcome whoever ends up sitting in the seat after me and to use his words it's like if I ever find something uh that I want to do again uh I hope that you will be as gracious as inviting me back into your life as you have been thank you everybody bye well, love you Bernie oh and I switched to Android <laughs> I should have brought that up <laughs> did you really <laughs>